I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his MB. Episode number 87. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His MB, the podcast where we talk all things that we're watching on reality TV this week. Uh, we have a great episode of shows to talk about uh, in just a short period of time. But before we do any of that, as we always do, we have a few housekeeping notes that we have to get out of the way first. Wherever it is that you're listening to us, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, uh, where else can they listen? Uh, Google Podcasts. Does Google Podcasts still exist? We've been saying Google Podcasts, but I thought I saw some new story about like they're getting rid of Google Podcasts. So. You know what? Wherever it is that our voices find your little ear holes, we are happy. Um, but we would love for you to leave a rating and review on that platform, wherever that is. Uh, that helps us find more listeners. Um, so that we're into more people's ear holes. We like ear holes. That's the thing we're saying now. Um, (laughs) okay. Okay. Heavenly. (laughs) We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, (laughs) but, uh, it not just helps us get to more listeners and get in the algorithm and all that, but it also helps us hear back from you, our loyal listeners that come to us every single episode. What are we doing? Right. What are we doing wrong? What do you want to see from us in the future? Yeah, we do love we do love a response every once in a while. Just be like, hey, we got another response, and it's it's really nice. Um, you can also follow us on social media, all at Again is NB. That's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, uh, where we're posting new content every day, including clips from the podcast uh, and some of our instant thoughts about things that we're watching. We're live tweeting a lot more now uh, in terms of like the shows that we're watching. So if you want to get into the conversation, that's a great place to do it. Um, like I mentioned, all on social media at Again is NB. Um, other ways that you can support us is to run over to our merch store at againasnb.threadless.com. We've got, I think, nine or ten different designs on there. Whenever something iconic happens in the zeitgeist, you know, I try to make a new design, put it up there. Um, uh, you know, I'm really proud of those designs. I made them myself. Um, but you can get them on a lot of different uh, products. The, the Threadless has a wide variety. There's like... Stickers and magnets, you know, and T-shirts and hoodies. Whatever you want, it's on there. Again, is mb.threadless.com. And last but not least, uh, if you have a question for us that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast, you can be sure to submit that to us uh, on the social media platforms that I mentioned before or at againisnb at gmail.com. Uh, just leave your name, leave your question, and who knows, we may answer it on a future episode of the podcast. Babe, what are we talking about on this great 87th episode of Again is NB? Well, we're going to be talking about uh, last week's episode of The Traders. Uh, got that escape house, cabin oh, in the woods no. bullshit with all the bugs. Nope. Absolutely not. I would have noped out of there before any of it started. I would have said, don't even bother locking that door. I'm going to be right out there with you. Take me back to that dead baby island on uh, uh, uh-huh. Miami. I would... D- dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that over bugs. Nope, I do not do bugs. Um, we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about uh, Married to Medicine. Uh, the cast is still on this lovely cash trip. Uh, you know, there's golfing, there's cooking, there's yachting, uh, there's screaming. You know, all the fun things <laughs> that happen on a, on a Bravo cash trip. Um, but before we get to any of that, Let's talk Drag Race. Drag Race for this week. New episode of Drag Race. And it's a big one. It's the music. Well, the musical, I should say. Uh, which, honestly, I've been loving every season now. Like, in the last, like, I would say, like, four or five seasons, like, the musical is kind of, like, the go-to. Honestly, it, look... If it's better than Shakespeare, I'm good. Right. There's that. <laughs> but I think like, well, we had a discussion after the episode aired about just like, we'll get to it with like the guest judge and the coach for the um, the challenge. But it was just like, man, when they dumped Todrick, it like really just like 
you know, fixed everything. It, it really, really did. did. I, Todrick is so toxic anyway, like outside of Drag Race, but like the way he treated the queens on the show was abysmal. Sure. And it like wasn't helpful at all to actually, you know, foster a good environment for learning the dances and all of those things. Um, you know, because Plasma was on um, at Roscoe's right. last week and talking about this process. And it's like, well, you know, they do an episode in about two and a half days. So, you know, you get a five-day week and that's two episodes. Um, and they, she said that the first episode of this or the first day of this episode was on Friday uh, where they did that little intro to the dancing and the parts and all of that. Yeah, but yeah. they had like a nine-hour workshop on Saturday that was off camera where they learned all the dancing, all the lines, all the stuff. And that's really where the musical comes together is on that Saturday. And then they perform on Monday. Yeah. And also, the, I don't know. I'm, I can't remember if they said that Sh- Adam Shankman, who's the judge and the choreographer, that he also wrote it. I can't remember. but Or maybe it was just the Drag Race people that wrote it. But maybe it was a collaboration of sorts. But I also think the writing on the musicals has been better. It's been a like, lot better, yeah. Like, t- clearly, Todrick, I mean... Asia O'Hara was like the or no uh, the Vixen was the biggest example where it's like you're doing a share rusical and you're giving her Beyonce choreography and then you're conf- like and then you're critiquing that. her for doing Beyonce choreography and it's like explain that to me like explain to me what the thought process is other than like you got popular by making these YouTube videos that doesn't really I here's the thing I'm not gonna say it doesn't take any skill I, that's not right. What I will say is that it doesn't have a full understanding about, like, narrative telling and, like, storytelling and, like, you know, how musicals actually come together. Right. Sorry. Like, you know, it's a different medium to where you can be slightly lazier in terms of that, you know, element of things. So it's just nice to have people who actually know what the fuck they're doing like in that regard so you were in kinky boots nobody gives a shit right like <laughs> come on but like that's other mat- that's material that's already been in right. the zeitgeist that you right. you know what i mean like it's different. yeah um they come back into the workroom after geneva's elimination uh maya's feeling really confident being the new lip sync assassin and telling you know so all the ladies should watch out which sure i wouldn't want to be in a lip sync against her absolutely not but i also uh, I saw a lot of discussion. We'll get we'll get to it when we get to the actual lip sync for this week, where it's just like there is, there is a place where it's just like I I I feel bad for the queens that are such amazing lip syncers but don't excel in any other aspect of the show necessarily. Yeah, because it is. I love the lip syncs, but I'm also like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, well, and that there's a reason that like at your third lip sync it doesn't really matter how long, how well you've done you're pretty much going home yeah, yeah, like yeah. unless you just blow it out of the water and the other person person is abysmal like you're going home on your third lip sync and that's been like an unspoken rule since the beginning of drag race right i, I and i think that's a fair rule because at a certain point it's just like three yeah. strikes you're out yeah um, playing, uh, they're all talking on the couch. Baseball and drag, same thing. <laughs> After congratulating Q and playing goes, is it time to start checking the scoreboard yet? And Don goes, girl, not yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> Don, like, hold up. <laughs> Don is really upset. She says her confessional, uh, and, and she says it's like partly because she just wanted this win. She's like, I know Q has been, you know, at the top for like, you know, however many weeks. She's like, I did the fashion. Q's runway looks like a fairy costume. I'm sorry. I'm no. like, girl. Hey, 
And you like look like galactic like sperm. I'm just saying. <laughs> look, like I liked her look, but it was unfinished. Yeah. And it was basically like a cute party dress over like a shapeless gown. Right. So like it looked really cool and it was a cool concept, but it just it was not winning material yeah, especially yeah. not next to q fuck that no i yeah i disagree and uh with dawn uh and Mugami then goes i'm just upset i got beat by fucking buzz lightyear over here <laughs> and everyone cracks up laughing and you could tell dawn was like that's funny but i'm gonna be upset about it because i'm still in my feelings yeah i mean one thing that i do like about dawn is that when somebody claps back at her with the shade she's she's cool with it at the end of the day she's like i'm not getting mad at anybody over this shit it's drag who cares yeah i feel like she uh engaged this episode in like her sub villain like plane's the villain right plane Mm -hmm. jane is clearly the villain of the season but like dawn has like those elements a little bit like she has like a little sprinkling of like i can be a little bit of a bitch here and there yeah she's impish yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I like that. I like having those levels of different people. Too. Yeah, it you plays know. in her fairy aesthetic too. Sure, there's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I and but I also like with like we'll get to it. I realize that like I feel bad this season because like every time I'm like, oh, I really love this queen, they end up going home that episode. <laughs> like, spoiler alert. Um, like Megami, I was like really feeling this episode in terms of like the confessionals, in terms of like you know the way they were just like being open and honest about just about everything like yeah. i i i i hate that it's like too late but like you know yeah well part of the issue though is that usually it's kind of like anybody who's watched a medical show or anything like that knows that like or is in medicine or has a family member or a close friend who has died after a long-term disease where are we going with this (laughs) when when you get towards the end of of life right there's a resurgence of energy okay it's kind of similar to how a queen (laughs) performs backstage when they know that their time is running out on the show right there's this surge of energy now sometimes that's emotional energy you know, and they're like weepy and all of that sort of shit. And yeah. sometimes they just become iconic. Well, and I think I see. I think I've seen other people point out that it like it did feel like Megami at a certain point this episode knew what was about to happen. Like she kind of was like, "I've seen this show. Well, it's been on for sixteen seasons now." That's what I'm saying. Like she knew the writing was on the wall. She was like, "You know what? I I need my memes." I've got, you know, I've got to get my memes in. I've got to make sure that I'm living past my time on the show. Yeah. And she did. I think she did that. Oh, I I, I agree completely. Um, They returned to the workroom the next day. (laughs) Morphine just realized that Maya has braces on. She's like, oh, you have braces. She's like, yeah, I've been here for how many, like, how many fucking weeks of the show? Has Morphine been taking morphine this whole time? I know, right? Like, I... Huh? I yeah. She she was like, oh, but I I also am curious. I would love to know from the queens also like, because all this talk about like Maya like being like a wallflower and sort of like not having much of like an expressive personality. Like, I wonder if she is like forming friendships on the cast. Like, we don't get to see for the most part like here and there, like maybe in like a mirror conversation or something like that. But I don't I I don't know how the bonds are being formed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Well, and it's it's weird because like being on television, knowing like being so hyper aware of the cameras, right, can really stunt your ability to be genuine. Like I, I feel like it's the same. Like it's weird because I think it's similar to what's happening with with plane. I think Plain is doing too much, and I think Maya's doing too little. <laughs> okay, Phaedra. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Right. I, you know. I agree. I think, like, yeah. And, and I like Maya. Like, here's the thing. I like her. She's fucking talented as fuck. Yeah. I just think, like, you know, I would love to have just seen her, like, yeah. be there. You know yeah. Yeah. Um, Rue comes into the workroom uh, the next day to announce the maxi challenge. They tease it, uh, you know, with like the metaphors of like all of her favorite things that she talks uh-huh. about. And then she tells them it's the sound of Ruzik and like everyone starts cheering except for Dawn because Dawn in her confessional goes, I hate musical theater. And then she goes, I think that people who are fans of it are. And then she stops herself and goes, no, I can't say that. I can't. No, no, no. Go ahead, bitch. Keep talking. <laughs> But I also, I feel like I know what she, here's the thing. I feel like I know what she was going to say. And as much as I like musical theater and I am married to a musical theater queen herself, like, I also understand what she was going to say because she's also around plasma this whole time. And like, Sure. I, I do believe that there is the stereotype of the plasmas and the Janes or not the Janes, the Jans. Jans, yeah. Um, you know, those type of not just queens, but like people in general. Yeah. Um, I think there are a fuck ton of people who love musical theater who are nothing like that. 1,000%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not like that at all. But we all have, we all know the one. We oh, all have yes. one person oh. in our circle, if we were in that circle, that is that person. Babe, I did musical theater. Right. I was the one that wasn't that. I wasn't in musical theater, but I was in choir. Like, I was in choir yeah. my entire school run, and you get sort of like the same oh, yeah. mix of people. Like, there was always the one. Uh huh. <laughs> the the there yeah huh like I've literally been in several musicals and mm, mm-hmm, uh huh I know many plasmas and shockingly enough in my case of the, the like in terms of like the choir people one that turned out straight which How? I did which was like ba- and like not only just straight but like married with a child I don't know how that how that worked out like it's Bitches in Narnia. And yet I'm here. Like, I don't present. Here's the thing. Until I open my mouth and rainbows fly out, like, <laughs> I don't present the most gay uh, for anyone's, like, that's seen me aesthetically. So, like, I. He, he, he didn't get the fashion gene. No, 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 no. I, he, he has good fashion taste, just not for himself. No, <laughs> I'm just like, for them over there. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, I'll wear a t shirt and jeans. It's fine. But you, bitch, you better turn it out on this goddamn runway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they're all going over the parts because they have to dish out the parts to everyone, basically. Um, of course, we get the same, you know, sort of fighting mm-hmm. that we get. Q and Megami both want the Baroness role. Um, I think. I don't, here's the thing, I actually don't think Megami could have pulled this role off. Like, I think, like, you kind of... I think she could have, but it would have been a different Baroness. Right. But also, didn't after, so, so well, Q and, and Megami then do rock, paper, scissors for the side of it because there's such a stalemate in terms of it, and then Q ends up getting it. Which, did you see, uh, I think Trixie was on with um, Orville Pack on the uh, uh-huh. pit stop or whatever, and she's like, 
you're going to fucking rock. Like, as if this isn't the most important opportunity of your fucking life on, like, reality television. There's 200000 fucking dollars. Megami, Megami's saying here, even in the episode, like, I have, I know I've been fading in the background. I, I need a prominent part, right? I can't, and especially with the way this musical was structured, there were, like, groups. And right. so if you, you were definitely either a front person or, like, two of the side people. Right. And Which so, I would argue she was the front person of her group. Yeah, even though, but but I would argue in her section, plasma overtakes all three of them. Well, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But like, so she's like, I gotta fight for this part. But then like, you're gonna rock paper scissors for it, I guess. Like, yeah. And then what? Didn't she after that also like? She then wanted plasma's the part plasma ends up getting, which is like the main part. And like, oh, I think no. I think like two people said they wanted it too, and she's like, "Fine, I'll take like this side role." So you just gave up at that point. But it was like, I don't, Mag- I I actually thought this role fit Megami very well, and so it's I like, thought it did too, which is why I get so frustrated with because clearly when they write these these musicals, they're doing so with the queens in mind, right? And they have an idea of who they want to pick each role, yeah. And then half the time they get mad at them for picking the role that was made for them. Sure. I don't think there was much of that this episode, but I, I've seen in the past where they do that. Like, Yeah. But, like, I think, I think that's also why the past Rusicals have been successful is that there's not been a case where it's like, why the, like, why is, like, why is Gia Gunn the comedy queen and, like, we have Bianca as, like, the beauty pageant queen? Like, that's stupid. Yeah. Like, like. Like, make it a good rusical, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, I I appreciated that, that, you know, we're at least delivering a great product as well. But it gets to sort of like an argument, but, you know, over this, like, main role of Mariah, and it's like Plasma and Morphine want it and Zafira wants it. Um, I think, again, everyone's Plasma, it's like, you're kind of like, at the end, it was like, yeah, this is Plasma's role. Clearly, we'll get to why, because, like... The sound of music means a lot to her. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I couldn't see... I could maybe... But, again, like, no. I Saphira's role, I absolutely see Saphira. And in Morphine's role, I absolutely see Morphine in. Like, I don't see anyone else playing Maria. Yeah. Or no. what was Mariah. the name? Mariah. whatever. It's sure. Maria. It's Yeah, it's the same difference. Um, yeah. So and but yeah, so they end up getting all these roles. They they're fine with it enough. They then start practicing. This is where Plasma's talking to like the um Dawn and and Megami and Nymphia and about their section. She goes, "So like this musical is like sacred to me. Like it's like really sacred to my family. Literally in one of my high school graduations, my parents wrote the lyrics of Climb Every Mountain and it made me sob." I she can't be real. This woman is not real. She is. So, She's unfortunately very real. And you sobbed like you, like oh lord almighty. But like and oh my god, Dawn being just like I'm so happy for you, Diva. And then like deadpan straight to the camera being like shut <laughs> the fuck up. I'm so sick of it. <laughs> Uh, oh, and then oh, I felt so fucking bad for Plasma. Also being that theater kid, she goes up to fucking Safira, Morphine, and Maya, who are working on their section, goes and go, did you guys grow up with the sound of music? <laughs> like, not to be stereotypical, but it's like going up to like the three people of color <laughs> like and just being yeah, like, no. yeah, they're like, no, no, that wasn't our thing. 
That's not. I mean, musicals generally, like, I mean, I think, like, you know, but, like, specifically the sound of music, like, that's for, like, you know. Yeah. That's, that, I mean, I grew that up. That skipped us. I grew up with the sound of music, and I grew up Same. with um, Wizard of Oz. Those are the two musicals yeah. that I watched until the, the literally the VHS tape. For all of you uh, young folks out there, that's what came before DVDs. But they would replay um, I didn't have it on tape. They would just replay it on television all the time. Yeah. Like, that was always the go-to. Well, but that's what we did. We taped it from the TV. Right, right, right. And then I would literally watch it, rewind the tape, and then watch it again. Mm-hmm. That's how obsessed with those musicals I was. I would not have cried if someone wrote that in my... I don't no. understand I don't that. cry about the sound of music. No. I mean, it's a great story, but, like, you know... Like, fuck Nazis. That's the great. story. <laughs> like, I, I can get behind that. Um, but, like, you know, it's not, like, the most, like, emotional, like, tearjerker to yeah. me. Um, yeah. Um, cue uh, Zunami and Plaza... Or, in, and Plane, I should say, are being, like, the mean girls, because they're, like, in the... Because Q's the Baroness, and so that's mm-hmm. kind of the vibe. So they're, like, going around to everyone, like, sort of, like, acting, like, bitchy, or, in Plane's case, just being herself. Um, <laughs> Um, it was funny enough. Uh, but then Plasma starts to realize, like, oh, wait, like, I'm in every scene. Like, literally, like, I'm with you guys. I'm with you guys. I'm. Have you seen the sound of music? Yeah. Julie Andrews is, like, always there. Yeah. So. Whole movie. Like, the only thing that she's not in, it seems, is 16 going on 17. Right. That, that's it. Did they do, they didn't do a, a version of that, right? No, they didn't. Like I, I they did like a version of the the do re mi fa so, like yeah. they did that version, but like I w- that was kind of missing, and I and I wish that was in there. It was a B sub, actually, it was kind of a C subplot because there was the A plot of Maria and uh, Captain von Trapp, and then there was the B plot of fuck Nazis, right. That wasn't even really in this. We some, really only had. But for some reason, I think about those two songs more than I think about like "Climb Every Mountain." For me, yeah, like those to me are the two songs that stick out way more from that movie. Oh sure. yeah, one one thousand percent. Um, so they go to practice with Adam Shankman, uh, and they're starting like the general sort of like intro part and all that. And then they they were teasing in the previews of like, oh my, you know, guest choreographer is here or whatever. And then all he's like, oh my. God, like freaking the fuck out i was like if did, did they get fucking julie andrews for this like right no it's melissa mccarthy <laughs> who doesn't really have any relation to the sound of music i get that she's like in musicals like but well and yeah and i like melissa mccarthy but melissa mccarthy is great um she's done musicals before um and she also apparently started her career as a drag queen. I did not know that until you told me. Well, and that's one of the reasons that she was picked to play Ursula in the live action uh, uh Little Mermaid. Because she has that background. Right. Like and I know people were so upset about that still. Whatever. Like I get why, but like Like sure, the makeup was not great. <laughs> well that, oh that, yeah, that aside. Like But but they they hired a regular like straight world uh mua to do her makeup for that yeah, yeah yeah that's the problem it's like no go like why did you not hire like trixie mattel <laughs> or like anyone. i don't know like anyone like, like there's literally thousands of drag queens that could have done that i shit. feel like billy Eichner. name a gay person <laughs> name a queen <laughs> yeah 
Um, so, and also she's just like throwing, cause she has, it, they're doing a bit where she's like, oh, I got his coffee and spilling the coffee and like she throws them like baby bell cheeses or whatever. From yeah. Um, but then she like gives them like the, I thought this like really sentimental, like I, for, for a guest judge, like there's sometimes with guest judges where it's like, oh, okay, like. Yay, ally. But, like, this, I was like, oh, you, I could tell, like, she, like, because of that background, like you mentioned, like, cares for drag and, like, really, yeah. you know, is in, is in love with the craft and the art form. And, like, that was really sweet. Like, I, I'm glad to see those moments. Yeah. Did you see that where Maya was apparently eating the wax on the <laughs> baby bell cheese? <laughs> Girl. And I bet, isn't Dawn, like, vegan or something? Like, I don't know. She, she ain't eating I, that. Like, it, yeah, no, you're not the best choice. Um, yeah, so Adam is working with, like, everyone in their groups also individually and stuff like that. Um, but at one point, like, Plasma, the play makes a comment about her having a hunchback or whatever because she's, like... But, but I mean, like, it's... The other thing is, like, this is a, also such the reality trick where it's, like, you meant... I think you mentioned in the beginning where it's, like, they get, like, an hour or something just, like... Right. Rehearsal for, like, this is, like, we're filming it, so it's, like, right. you know... And then they actually do the extensive stuff later. But it's, like, yeah, that's going to be the part where everyone looks bad, right? Right. Yeah, of course. Well, and that that's what is frustrating about this is that I know, like, so many... And this was a lot more prevalent back when Todrick was doing this shit, but... It's like, uh, I think, who who was it that said, it takes me a while to get it, but I'll get it? Oh, yeah. Oh, in this episode? Yeah. Uh, might have been Megami. I think that makes yeah. sense. But, um, you know, that's how I am, too. But, like, not to brag or anything, but every musical I've ever been in, I have been the person that has been called out for being the best dancer on the, on the damn stage. Oh. So... Yeah, it takes me a second to get it, but I will show out when I get there. Right. Yeah. And, and but like Adam Adam did a good job of like balancing the critique which he knew is like again, it's like you're not going to get this immediately, but also making good television. Like there's yeah. a way to do like Todrick just being like if you fuck this up, you're going to fucking go home and it's going to be like a total embarrassment to you and you, like that doesn't do Yeah. One, it's not like one, it's not encouraging. Two, it's also not even that entertaining as a viewer. Like and it's also indicative of how he actually treats uh his dancers on music video shoots. That that lends to that as well. But <laughs> I forgot who he said it to, but Adam at one point he goes like this your the whole point of this is like you being super feminine. Like right now, I'm getting straight up boy. It's giving, I think it was cute. I think it was probably cute. She's like, it's giving messy man, and I was like, <laughs> you one, you know the material, you know the like reference points. You clearly have like a you know. yeah, but like like that's fun. Like yeah. that's fun for not for us as like viewers, right? Not yeah. like you know, just shitting on somebody. Um, they return to the workroom the next day and they're getting ready uh, before going on to um. Uh, the challenge plane uh, has like a uh, not a cry moment. She doesn't cry. Uh, (laughs) No tears are ever going to come out of plane Jane, but she has like a tragedy mirror moment where they, cause they're talking about like, do we have history with like musicals, whatever? Um, She had a long history as a a ballroom dancer, apparently when she was younger, they showed this clip and I'm like, and they didn't know you were gay. (laughs) They they didn't know. (laughs) Ma'am. And she Ma'am, goes, you walked out there in uh, stilettos with the Prada handbag. I don't understand how they did not get it. Yeah. She's like, but then I quit because, you know, someone in high school told me that it was gay. And I'm like. So the high school kids got it and your daddy didn't. Right. But like, well, that, well, that, that the, she was saying that like the 
act of ballroom dancing as a cis man is gay. But it's like, I, I've seen, that we as someone who just watched the recent season of Dancing with the Stars, you can be very straight and come off very straight and like be a ballroom dancer. Yeah. Here you were like, and what's my count? Five, six. It's like, okay. Like, <laughs> not, me, not me shaming like past 10-year-old plain James. <laughs> Sounded a lot like uh, 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 Tyra Banks over there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't say it. I'm trying my best not to. <laughs> um, okay. So, I'm not watching that. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, they go to the runway. Uh, Rue comes out. Okay. I This Rue look fun. Fucking sucked, and I like the. It is unacceptable. I'm sorry. It is unacceptable for RuPaul to be anything that she would read another queen. I honestly feel like they wouldn't have even let. I this shouldn't have even come down the runway. There's like a handful of drag race looks that are worse than this. Yeah, not much. Like weird. The the skirt is like a weird, like almost like japanese style like you like with the yeah like how the um the 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 folded like thing on the side yeah i don't know how to call that but i I don't either like something like it's a gi or something and then it's like a big strap around the waist of like checkered flag material and then like these loofah looking like textured roses as like the bustier with giant hoop earrings with danglies on them with a orange afro and black leather gloves everything about that is just wrong together it's just, disjointed it's crazy like and and it's like and uh, then you just got a simple black uh, peep toe shoe. Right. <laughs> what are we doing? It's, what is this? I don't know. Are you on a coffee enema when you put this together? It's a, it's, it's a total mess. Um, so, Look, Raven did her job. Bitch's mug looks great. Oh, mug always looks fantastic. But, like, they, maybe they need to hire Delta back. Wasn't Delta the one doing the actual No, she work? was doing her hair. Oh, that was hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was... Um, uh, oh, oh, oh. Guy with the M uh, name. Oh, my God. Famous fucking designer. Uh-huh. Like, yep. like uh, Willem was friends with him. He died recently, right? A couple I, years ago. I think he's like sick. I can't remember. Like, any, I, I, I'll have to look it up. Sorry like, to that man. Sorry to that man. I, why are we, like, I'm so bad with, I feel like I'm literally like losing brain cells somehow. And it's like, I need to get checked. Probably. I couldn't remember fucking Jeffrey Boyer Chapman last episode. So it, like, it, it's called your thirties. Welcome to the decline. Hello. Uh, so, uh, we go to the sound of music. I, I thought the whole, I thought it was great. I don't think anyone oh, did yeah. bad. Like, the I, only weird thing was like the the habit doing weird shit on Maya, but she dealt yeah. with it. I thought, and it wasn't as like her. It wasn't egregious or anything. Her expressions weren't big enough, but I think like you yeah. know overall, she everyone did well. Maya was the only one where I was like, okay, that'll probably be in the bottom. Uh, plasma, I I could not see this thing without plasma. Plasma was as as much as we should on her for being fucking over the top and crazy like this it needed it right yeah with this performance you could literally copy and paste this performance onto the broadway stage yeah it, it felt very professional and yes I, and i appreciate that and like knew how to like make a moment out of things with like just a look and an expression and like uh you know it, an understanding of just like the material overall well and there's a 
there's a way that she was able to switch moods and gears very quickly. Yeah. Right? Between an earnestness and a um, less comedy moment, right? Right, right, right. And slipping right into a moment where she's not the star in this moment and but she's still there and like, still here and has presence but stepping back and let someone else have the spotlight like the the moment between her and um safira so good like i just that was chef's kiss beautiful the, oh <laughs> i did Perfect and perfect timing to where, but it made like it made Safira bet. Not that like Safira did amazing on her own, but it was like it but allowed. But it gave her the support that Safira's role. Like she could have undercut Safira, and she didn't. She yeah. let Safira have that spot because it was Safira's to have. Yeah, I agree. Um, I liked. I I also I wish Nymphia could have been in the top or at least gotten some like sort of critique because I thought her little like the cor- pine cone thing was wild. You, it was, it was it, like, but it was like, oh, you get like if you just substitute pine cone with banana, it's all of Nymphia's humor, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's it, it worked out in that way. Yeah. It was smart uh, in terms of like the pickup. Um, I thought I thought even Megami did good. We'll get to the critiques later where i thought we did we differed i god forbid i agreed with uh, michelle visage critique but i kind of did like and and i i think i feel like that's a very unpopular opinion from what i saw online but um overall i thought that her whole group did well like no one did poorly by any means um and then q was the baroness i thought was fantastic Uh, as much as like (laughs) we'll get to it's like she didn't really have choreography but like i mean megami was right Clocking that shit. Sure. It was walking around the stage. And it's technically still considered choreography. It's, but it's, 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 it's not. It's blocking. It's blocking. It's not choreography just because you're singing. It is blocking a scene. So I just wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been the thing I praised Q on. Right. If I was the judges, right? Right. That's, that was the more confusing aspect of it. But I, but like this, like, flirty like sort of you know russian-esque like sort of like character well it would be german but you know yeah. what i mean like that well, so no 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 what, is it german I no mean, i think i think the baroness is german yeah okay but like you, you know what i mean like that yeah. kind of vibe like i think like worked well for q like i said everyone was placed great everyone yeah. did you know a good job in terms of that um, and it was just a really fun performance. I thought the music was really well like like i got the the again the the um the do re mi song uh-huh. like was stuck in my head for a good bit it was like i i typically hate taking something like that and making like oh we're gonna do like ooh badass bitch like pow but like uh-huh. but it worked in a weird way that i appreciate it i did also i wonder if anyone else clocked the fact that they um completely just lifted from drag race uk one of the girl group challenge oh, they songs. referenced uh, break up bye bye um no, not even reference. Completely picked that song up and sung it again over here. Sure, but in like in like Drag Race world, that's considered a reference, right? That they are like, you know, we're gonna, yeah, you know, make it a thing. Um, yeah, it was fun. Um, really great stuff. Uh, let's go to the runway. Uh, the category is I could buy myself flowers. Um, so it's all floral um, stuff, which we'll get to the lip sync song later. Bitch, too. plasma. Plasma was fucking great. <laughs> like this. And we've seen this, like, the sort of, like, 
My Fair Lady esque stuff right. we've seen before on Drag Race, but this was done so perfectly. Yeah, like, it's it it was so smart also to do that with such a big pop of color like that yellow. That's absolutely fucking stunning. I really think it's see plasma at the top. Like I think of the season. Like I think yeah. like I didn't necessarily see that before, but like now I like. I, I like I think I think it was the last episode like Michelle like was like your makeup's improving like you're clearly like you're clearly taking all the critiques you're applying it you're doing what needs to be done and so I like that in plasma like um yeah it was really great speaking of really great this fucking Saphira Crystal look is so fucking good it's so good and I don't remember who it was that said that this is not even the entire look there's apparently more petals that she had to take off because it wouldn't fit through the front right. of the runway. Right. Which, uh, but also, what is the what is the metrics of what they're allowing the queens to bring now uh, nowadays? I'm fine with it, but I was always on, on the understanding you have like three tubs. It's now five. It's now five. Five of those big tubs. Even five. Like, think about it. She didn't just have to bring this, which is gigantic. She also brought her pumpkin look, which I right. guess was inflatable, but still, right. like that takes up a lot of fucking space. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. And it's well, a- I mean, I think all of these petals, like, come off of it and they just stack. Yeah. They, like, lay flat. They're probably, so, like, yeah, that, that's probably how they were able to, like, sort of. And they probably, like, honestly, probably roll up. Maybe. They're, they they just seem like it's, because it looks like hard plastic. It's got that sort of, like. I don't think it's hard plastic. I think it has metal structure. But maybe. it's, like, maybe, like bendable possible yeah yeah and i love the silhouette that this makes with the bodice too it's just oh, so yeah. perfect the hair is like one of my underrated favorite parts about it's this very book. who like who will it's who it's also oh my god there's like a uh you ever play the pikmin games like no but i think i know what you're it's talking like, it's about like the little stamen like sort of thing it's uh-huh. exactly like that and it's amazing so cool and different and like shows Sephira's range and also regard. slightly Jimmy Neutron yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Morphine's I really like this look I under- fuck them being mad about aligning I that get outfit it. would not have had aligning in the era in which it's coming from no but when they brought it up I was like yeah I do wish it had aligning like in terms of this look shit. but I thought this was like it was one of those things where it's like yes this is simple yes this is done before but it fits her body so well right and it like it's just so much perfection, I feel. For like at the, at so the end simple. of the day, it looks good. Yeah. At the end of the day, it looks fucking hot coming down the runway. That's what I give a shit about. I don't care. Like, if two things look equally good, then yeah, we can talk about how much effort went into this as opposed to that and all of those sorts of things. Right. But at the end of the day, I give a shit what looks good. This fucking looks good yeah and i like the little sticker on the tongue like she showed yeah, the, she really showed that she has like humor elements to what she can do and yeah like, i i appreciate that she's jo- not just a bbl yeah not yeah. just a bbl anymore um maya looked great i thought this was the best maya's looked yeah the whole season this definitely felt like ready for drag race like i like that she went full red and went something different than like a traditional floral I wish pattern. I wish she had gone a little bit brighter with the color because it is a little um it's too in the same vein as her skin tone so it kind of sure like you know what I mean like doesn't give enough contrast yeah yeah I can see that 
Um, but yeah, definitely, like I said, the best she's looked all season for sure. Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, Dawn, I like this look. I think it, it's got a good story to it. I think it needs more red. Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit more red. Um, I did. I like the makeup. Uh, did you see Raja? I think was like being like, "Girl, I don't get the makeup for this look. Like it, it, it doesn't it I, look. It, it she looks like a demon, right? Flower demon. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. So it's it's basically different for. I, I feel like like I thought it was maybe. Oh, it was Dawn. Uh, during the doll challenge was like my view of my drag is like every character is like a is like a sort of like version of of like oh shoot no she said it was like if like the if you were on the planet of the dawns right it's kind of like barbie land in a way like yeah almost like everyone's like a different like and so this is like demon flower dawn yeah so um yeah uh megami's i liked this concept i'm i don't love this look and i still am not positive as to why (sighs) Part of me didn't fully buy the story, right? So I agree with them being like, you sh- you had like the dress with the paint on it. You should have held it for a little bit longer down the runway and then made that the moment. Maybe, but also like nobody's wearing this under their wedding dress. No. I'd- like I would have almost preferred that she had a wedding dress on. And ripped and, this off. And revealed it. Yeah. Like ha- have a reveal moment. That that at least to me I'm buying the story, right? That she's wearing this under her wedding dress. Right. Because the story is supposed to be, well, I was going to put on my wedding dress and there's a stain on it, and so now I can't like So I'm just in sexy lingerie now. Right. But like where did all the flowers come from? Why did you attach that to your lingerie? Where did all the pearls come from? Are the pearls supposed to be like the the sex reference? Like what are we doing? Yeah, well it's also giving like Madonna in a way, right? Right. Like Madonna's done this look before. So it's like I we'll get I guess we can talk about it now with the Megami critique that Michelle gives where Michelle makes it a lot about like, you know, I have an issue with your face, and what I mean by that, she's. He was. I think it got confused because at first you were th- th- thinking she was talking about her makeup, but it's like she's like no, and not your makeup. It's like you kind of just give Megami face in terms of expression a lot, and you don't like give range in terms of that. A lot of people were like, "What the fuck is she talking about?" And I, I I feel the same way because I'm like. She gave a complete. She gave completely different expression during the during the challenge. She gave a different expression when she was doing this look as opposed to um, the punk fairy look. I thought the punk fairy look was much more grunge. Like the expression she made on her face was but much it, more. Eh. But my problem with, and I think I said it with that look when we were reviewing it, like it wasn't enough. And I think here's my I think much my other problem sometimes with the judging on drag race is that they like to say things in like a fancy way that's like sort of like very like astute so they can sound smarter. It's like no, you can just say the thing which is just like I need you to be bolder with your facial expressions. I need you to sell the story more on your face. And that to me I agree with because like I I think I've said it with Megami where it's like I think she has great concepts, but I don't feel the character carried throughout in her performance of it. I mean, 
Maybe, but also you could have that same critique of almost anyone else on the show. They're sure. just coming up with shit to get rid of Megami. <laughs> that's probably correct. Like, I, I understand that that's probably correct. But, like, I also was like, I, I, I got it to a certain extent. And that's one thing I think, like, I could, I wanted where I was, like, went from liking Megami to, like, I really wanted to love Megami. You know what I mean? Like, I would have liked to see, like, maybe on an all-stars or something like that, work on that major element. Yeah. I do think that she does need to edit a bit. Uh, Not that anything that she does looks bad. It's just a lot. Sure. Like this look was a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah. It's too messy. Yeah. I need like an element taken off. That's probably true. Um, Nymphia was next. <laughs> this was so funny. This fucking cactus. I love I how just... she, well, I love how she sold it with the little, like letting the leaf, like pop out. Like sort of, <laughs> was fun. I would have liked a little more sort of like texture on it with like the little spikes. Yeah. To sort of like really emphasize the cactus element of it. Mm-hmm. But it was like a great mix of just sort of like stupid comedy, but had like a fashion element to it. Cause it was very, I think Raven said like very calm to Garcon, like sort of. Well, when she first walked out and it was just the light green bit and the flower, it I didn't, didn't get that she was a cactus. I was like, are you like a, like a, like a birth control IUD thing? Yeah. 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 Because like, the vagina has been called a flower before, you know, like, you know, so I thought maybe she was going that direction with it or maybe even like a pad, but that's not what those are shaped like. Yeah. So I was like, what are we doing? Like, what, what is happening? Oh, you're sprouting leaves. It's a cactus. Okay. I get it now. Right. But like, there's so many different directions this could have been <laughs> going. And I was like, what are we doing here? Where, what, what is it? What's yeah, happening? I agree. Uh, next was Q, and I, I was just like, it's basically just pussy avatar monster. <laughs> like, the, honestly, it, it was really great though. Like, it's again the fact that she made this, fu- she makes this fucking shit is amazing. I love the I. We've seen that like a trend alert just across drag race of them using these like stilt. Uh-huh. Um, not st- well, they're not stilts. They're like um, <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're arm stilts basically. Yeah, they're kind of what like um people you like. Um, the arm, the uh, hand crutches. That, yeah, hand crutches. That's what I'm thinking. Um, but like dolled up in a way that's interesting. Mm-hmm. We aren't going to talk about uh, UK versus the world, but um, the fact that this happened the same week that we that, just had, what well, was it, LeGrand Dom? Yeah, doing the craziest fucking look I've ever seen on fucking Drag Race. Yeah, well, if you remember, the first person to come out with a look like this was a um, uh, oh, fuck. The person who won the season that. Brooklyn was on Evie. Evie oddly did a look with these as well. So, I mean, it's, it's now into the zeitgeist, you know, it's a thing that's now becoming part of drag and I'm loving that. I'm loving the fact that we're getting now creature drag. Yeah. Like we're going beyond just glamor. Well, and well, and like, I don't think we would have gotten that like 10 years ago on this show. No, not at all. I don't think that like, I mean, the when doors Evie has opened back <laughs> in the days when like milk doing male RuPaul was oh, like, yeah. how fucking dare you? It's like, which in retrospect was a great look. Yeah. It, it looked amazing. I mean, it was also giving six flags, man, but it was like, also giving uh, Charles Nelson Riley a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that a little bit, you know, um, next was plain Jane. Cute. Uh, next was soon. <laughs> 
It was. It was fine. Fine. It, I don't. It's not Drag Race Runway ready, in my opinion. The, well, the 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 braid is a cute idea. I didn't understand like the doll being tied to the end of it. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Just like okay, it's not that. It's it's, it, it's one of those things with plain Jane. I'm like, oh, you thought of a joke, but it's like, is it that funny, really? I no. <laughs> like I don't know. Um, also, that applies to most of the jokes that she's told on the show. Yeah. Um, next, and then finally was uh, Tsunami Muse. I like this look. I, I didn't get it at I, first. It, and then I looked at a picture and literally had to turn my phone upside down. And I was like, oh, I see it She's now. an upside down bouquet of flowers. Yeah. Like, literally, it looks like that. Yeah. I didn't even need the story necessarily because I just like the look. Like, when she said it, I was like, oh, I see that. Okay, but it needs to fit the category. And without the story, it doesn't fit the category. Sure. I think maybe she could have been more obvious instead of just, like, having actual flowers down there would have been great. Yeah, I didn't like, or just even a different print on Mm -hmm. that bottom line. It was too dark. Way too dark where you couldn't see the floral element. And if it was just something a little bit brighter and, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, would have been better. Some baby's breath. Yeah. In there. I love this jacket. This, like, sort of cellophane-y pink like, I hate it. Oh, really? I yeah, love I think it's awful. this jacket. I think it's awful. Oh, I really liked it. Um, I I would like to own it just around the house. <laughs> it, it's awful. Yeah. So the top. <laughs> does it have a hood? It does. Well, I don't know. Is it a hood? I think it's like a. I think it's just like an extra bit. I mean, I think to me, like the week after doing the doll thing where she had the pink bow behind her neck and then this oh, week, and it yeah. was just too much same for me. That's fair. Um, which I get was not her fault that they ordered the the runways in that order but like you you also know that you just did this last week mm-hmm. so like change it up something i don't know you know yeah uh the top uh were plasma safira and q um uh plane decides not to use her potion for obvious reasons uh and then the bottom was morphine maya and megami i didn't like more i mean they had to put somebody in the bottom but i was like uh oh, morphine they like they critiqued the lining of their runway look yeah. and i was like i mean morphine was great in the challenge but like like we said this is one of like rusicals are getting so fucking good that you have to kind of just select your top and then blindly choose who the bottom is going to be yeah, yeah, yeah. because the, the how else are you going to do it everybody's just too fucking good right um and then yeah so this this is when they were also then positively critiquing q being like the way you nailed all that choreo they cut to megami's confessional which i don't think we've ever seen like a in a while at least a cut to a confessional like during a critique mid critiques and it's megami in the confessional going wait what choreo she went back and forth with a fucking rug like yeah which true and i love that she brought it up and untucked as well (laughs) Good for her. She was like, I'm going out. I'm going out with a mess behind me. Yeah, this is stupid. Um, yeah, I agreed. But so I, um, Plasma ends up winning, which I was very happy about because I was worried. I thought they weren't going to give it to Plasma and maybe give it to Q. She would have done a Sue Sylvester style yeah. rant leaving that stage. Because I thought Plasma should have been the winner, like rightfully so. But just the way they were talking about Q and just like, like fawning over her, I was like, yeah. 
wow, they might give it to her, but no, they give it to Plasma. Um, well deserved. Like yeah. this, and Plasma has the most wins right now at two. So like that's I didn't expect that from Plasma personally, even though I like Plasma. Yeah, like that's very impressive that she's you know the top of the leaderboard. Um, she wins. Uh, Morphine is safe in the bottom two. Are Maya and Megami. Um, and they end up lip syncing to Flowers by Miley Cyrus, which I was so happy they did this song so so soon. Um, I mean, they don't, obviously not, they don't have a crystal ball. Um, but after the Grammys performance and Miley winning right. with the Grammys and that, perf- her Tina Turner, like, inspiration, I showed you that, right? Yeah. <laughs> don't act like you don't know this song. <laughs> so fucking good. I love Miley. Miley's fantastic. Um, so they lip sync. Okay, let's get into this. Maya was fantastic in this. I I thought Megami made a smart choice to go more serious. Like I, I mm-hmm. it was definitely a contrast. Well, she went more emotional, and this song is more of a fuck you song. It's weird. Than it is anything else? It's it's one of those middle things where it's like it's somewhat of a ballad, but not fully. Right. It's called a mid tempo song. <laughs> <laughs> There's a term for that, mid-tempo. Can you tell I don't know music? <laughs> sure, yes. But, like, so I, you, you, but it, it can be hard in a lip sync to know which way to go. Yeah. In terms of that. Maya definitely went more a little flirty and fun, which I appreciated. Um, then she took her shoes off, Maya did. Um, and here's the thing, loved the performance. She went full church lady and 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 gave it everything and did a at the end of it, did a full fucking penguin slide like she was in fucking Ice Age. It's great. There's also a Cheese It's commercial where a guy's like on a sled and like follows the Cheese It's to safety or something. It was giving that, that was giving that too, and it's just it makes me happy. Now and so Maya ends up winning. But when I when she won, I was like, oh, okay. And you were like, do you not think she deserved to win? I was like, no, I thought she deserved to win. All I'm saying is that, like, she took her shoes off. And I think it was, it was maybe Dawn or something said, like, girl, that's like the cardinal sin on Drag Race for lip syncs. And it is, and I agree that Maya should have won because Maya did the best. All I'm saying is that, there has been a documented pattern and um, history where if you take off your shoes during the lip sync, you go home. Yes, but in the past, it has always been take your shoes off because I can't dance with them on or take your shoes off because my feet hurt or take your shoes off for some other reason. Sure. Her taking her shoes off was part of the lip sync. It was part of the story she was telling on the stage, part of the performance. I agree. So in that regard, I don't really think it counts. I would argue we've seen other people do that. I I remember Name them. June Jambalaya. I remember her lip sync when she kind of, it was it was it was giving very reminiscent to this lip sync with Maya. And she took her shoes off and she got fucking red for it. You said I, name them. I named them. I don't agree with that naming. Okay. So. Sure. That's convenient. No, I'm kidding. Look, bitch. Look. But like, and again, happy Maya's there. Love this lip sync. Thought it was one of the best lip syncs of the season. 
I don't mind the rule of taking your shoes. I, I don't mind taking your shoes off during a lip sync generally, especially in a case like this where it is part of the story. I'm just saying seems inconsistent. It, it's to me, it is similar to the rule of you don't take your wig off. It's not that you don't take your wig off. It's that you don't take your wig off because it's inconvenient or it's in your way. If you take your wig off, there's a story to it. Sure. There's, it's part of the lip sync. It's part of the experience. It's part of the performance. Yeah. I feel like the shoes are the same rule. Yeah. Again, it, it, I'm in a weird middle ground with it where it's like it's I, I from a personal standpoint, I loved it. And then from a like hard ass standpoint, I'm like. Yeah. Um, but Megami ends up going home. Very sad. Like I said, to see Megami go home. I thought she did a really good job this season overall. Yeah. And, and end up really liking her, you know, Eeyore style. Drag, yeah. As Don puts it. Like, Look, Eeyore is a... Representation matters. Is an important part of the Hundred Acre Wood. Yeah, exactly. So, like... I, I was glad to have her there. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so we're going to start to see Megami go. Um, but that was Drag Race for this week. Really good stuff. We got Snatch Game next week. That should be really fun. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Um, but we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of The Traders. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, you, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hammaker. While home in Midland, Texas on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachlowski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, at first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America. You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com Welcome back to A Gay and MB. Let's head on over to Scotland, where as the faithful close in on the Duchesses of Deception, Phaedra and Parvati realize that it's every mistress of murder for herself on The Traitors. The Traitors for this week. Trader season two is the best fucking season of reality TV in fucking ages. It's so fucking good. It's, the, I, uh. it's so like, again, like in a world where we don't watch as much. Well, we don't, we watch survivor regularly, but like where like big brother has gotten like slightly stale, at least the U S version. And hella problematic. And yeah, that as well. But like, this is like the complete right 
mix and formula and like mm-hmm. can't praise the casting enough can't praise the like everything they've been able to sort of execute it's just like every like every week i'm so excited to watch the traders and i may have to go back and pick up some seasons of uh the challenge just to see some more of uh our uh, favorite ct over there. <laughs> i mean we could binge it it just would take fucking forever because there's like 50 seasons like if that might be exaggeration but it's like pretty close like i, I think it's 40 Sure. Like it's, I, I, I would love like, so pull back the curtain. We've been discussing the concept of maybe doing some like retro review stuff to, like down the line. I, that used to be my era. Like I used to be like big into like that MTV era of reality television. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's an L like, there's like an inch. I want to scratch again. Let us know if you want to see that like down the line, maybe pick Maybe we, maybe you don't watch the whole like thing, but maybe we pick like a season or something. And talk yeah. About it. Um, yeah. Let us know. Uh, send us, uh, recommendations, uh, Al at again, is MB. Um, we come into breakfast the next morning. And so there's the, you know, who the traders are going to kill because it's, you know, they only have four options basically with Bergy, Trishel, Kate and MJ. And so like, well, uh, five, if you include poverty in everyone else's mind, basically, but we know, um, can I, I also just noted a couple things of just for them, like aesthetic wise, um, because Alan ain't the only fashion icon, quote unquote. Um, CT had this ugly ass fucking green and maroon shirt on. Like it was not good. It was maybe one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen on one of the prettiest men. <laughs> the colors individually look good on him. Yeah, the fit looked good on him, but the shirt was hideous. Right. It. No, it was it was bad. Right. It was bad. And we Burn also that. we also get our uh, new Phaedra variant uh, version, which is Beret Phaedra. Which <laughs> this whole episode, which do they just have like berets on hand for the women to then like if you want to wear a beret today, wear a beret because that has to be what it is, right? Because these old women don't have berets normally. Maybe they do though. I don't know Trishel because it was later at the round table was like the beret off between Faith yeah. and Trishel. Well, but Trishel's been wearing them all season. Sure, Tamara was wearing them for a little bit while, and I was like, Tamara in a beret doesn't make sense to me. Like, maybe Tamara left them for Phaedra. Maybe <laughs> it was in her gift basket, like fellow housewife. Like, I guess. Um, I, once I get brought up in the reunion, I gave you a beret and you killed me. Uh, <laughs> Technically, she killed you first, and then you gave her berets. Sure. Um, yeah. Sandra, uh, as they're starting to file in, Sandra is saying that she, if she gets the vibe that poverty is a traitor, she'll rally the faithfuls to take her out. They, we didn't really, I will say this. We haven't really gotten a lot of like the Sandra poverty. We got it like right in the first episode and it kind of like mellowed for the most part of the rest of the season. Like that was the thing that I know a lot of people going in were like, oh my God, Sandra and Phaedra are going to like, or Sandra and Poverty, I should say, are going to like murder each other on this show. I think Poverty had other priorities. Um, She had a a little bit more to take care of. And Sandra was doing her job as a faithful. Yeah. You know, she was laying back. I think both of them just realized that this was not the game for that. Right. There was no, there, there's no benefit for it because it's. I think Sandra has started to realize that it's it really is still every bitch for themselves, but like only just recently, like at the very beginning, it very much is that mentality of we have to band together and you put all the other shit aside. Yeah. 
I could see that. Um, CT is talking to them about how, like, Peter has kind of given him suspicions now because of his sort of, like, divisiveness and how, like, you know, in, like, like, maneuvering around, like, locking people out of rooms, sort of, like, yeah. that kind of stuff, which I don't think, as much as I understand from, like, a, like, I understand that instinct of doing that kind of stuff on this show, but it's, like, it doesn't bear to your benefit. No. Um, and Patrick is, I mean, if you're going to be Sherlock Holmes, be nice. Don't be, like, Sherlock the dick. <laughs> Phaedra, I think, was very smart to, like, throughout this whole episode, like, plant seeds for Peter down the line. Like, you know, like, of of Peter being the traitor. Because, like, I think, we'll get to it, like, the fact that's so fascinating about this season as opposed to last season is how pretty much the two, like, the traitors are pretty, they, they have an idea in the general direction of who the traitors are. Yeah. For, like, a good bit of this season, right? Like... Phaedra, Poverty, and Dan have always, like, been in the conversation for the most part. And so it's, like, we'll get, spoiler, it gets to a point later where it becomes Poverty versus Phaedra again. Yeah. And so it's fascinating to see that happen multiple times this season. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because last season, I don't remember them being that hot on their tails that much. Right. I remember them, you know, last season, some of the traders royally fucked up and put the target on their own backs but then the other traders stepped aside and let them be taken out right exactly and this seems to be like bitch the faithful showed up with like wolfhounds i think like because it's an all-star season in a way yeah like it it makes it at you're automatically suspicious of more people than you naturally even would be. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm shocked. No one was suspicious as of Sari last season, but like, you know, if you knew just simply on reputation, but like, I wouldn't be because she's not, she has never shown herself to be overly duplicitous, but she had that. I mean, she has that capability. Like she, yeah, but that's not her natural go-to. And so, it to me was was not the obvious choice. Well, like for, for like for example, poverty typically like so the big like one of the biggest ever moves in Survivor is the move where um oh my god why can't I, terrible with names today but um getting someone who had won like the individual immunity idol to give it up right what and, was that idiot's name uh, he was on the second chances season but like poverty gets credited a lot. For that move, right? Right. When you watch it back, it's Sari. Sari comes up with the whole fucking move. Oh, did she really? Yeah. Like, and it's like, like, poverty was vital in it to a certain extent, but like, it, it's really Sari's move at the end of the day. But never. I have to go back and watch that. I mean, season. fans rightfully know that, but like, I don't think, I think when people think of who did that move, they think poverty. Yeah. I mean, because poverty is the one that ended up with the necklace. Right. Or no, it wasn't part. No, she. It was a different. Person. No, it was. It was a blonde. Yeah, again, I can't. We got to watch that season back again. I, I, there's too many seasons of Survivor to yeah. remember all of we it. We binged for Winners at War when when that was happening, and so like a lot of it's like blurred together. Um, but so yeah, um, Poverty Interest Show are the last two to enter uh, breakfast, and so then we find out Bergie's the one that's been killed. Which I was. They were real. Poor delicious. Well, because they were also like. At the end of last episode, it seemed like it was going to be either Trishel or MJ. Yeah. Like, they were very, like, emphasizing, like, one way or the other. So, for Bergie to get killed, I thought that was a big deal. But I actually think it's the smart move. 
I don't know. I I I thought it was a little on the nose, but I also think it does provide a little bit of cover for Phaedra. So I I don't know. It one or the other. I think the thing for me is Bergie has proven himself to be very smart and sort of like understanding and like sussing out certain things. And like Trishel is kind of that way as well. I mean, like we'll get to it later. Trishel has nailed sort of like why to go after Phaedra. Yeah. But like Trishel's reputation lends her to be like doubted more than Bergie. Bergie, no one doubts. Yeah. Bergie's built a trust with people to where like if he feels a certain way, they're going to go that direction. And so like I think. What's he from? Um, Love is Blind or something? Love no, Island? Love Island. One of the two. Did not know him going into the season, but fell in love with him. Like, yeah, he's I, great. I love that he, like, said when he got his kill letter, like, you know, I've grown confidence. I know I can't be manipulated now. Like, I've really grown into myself. And, like, that is, I thought was a good, like, again, for someone who did not know him before the show, good sort of narrative yeah. throughout the season. Oh, my God. And then at the breakfast, John leads a toast for Bergie and goes, this is a sad and solemn moment, and we must pay our respects. And Phaedra just goes, mm, that was good. Sip another <laughs> tea. And then at one point going, I want cream cheese and preserves. <laughs> Phaedra, I didn't know what she was doing in this regard. It's hilarious, but I was like, oh, girl, like, you know, you got to, like, temper it slightly. I was worried for Phaedra at parts before yeah. we got to the round table. Yeah, because... She almost is playing it off as if she's not affected, but she was just calling him her Burgalicious. Right. So it, she should be a little bit more pers- affected by his quote unquote murder. Yeah. She gave like a sigh, basically like, oh, not Bergie. But like, it wasn't like. Yeah. I mean, she kind of like left Burgalicious to the side for CT at this point. So like. Yeah. If CT, if CT gets murdered, she needs to cry. I will say, um, when I, I, I've seen some memes comparing like this series of traders, uh, to like other franchises of it, like the UK one, apparently they are much more heavy handed with the macabre. Oh yeah. Ver- like they actually ham it up. Like these people are dead. Like, no, like they died. There, there's a murderer in this house and one by one, you will be murdered. So it's like the um, it's like the Squid Game Netflix show where they have to fake being like sh- blown up or whatever. Almost, but I, but less, but yes, kind of ish. I don't know. We'll have to watch it and see. But <laughs> it's just funny because it's very it's very much like the U.S. version with Alan is very much uh, Clue in that it's camp and it's hamming it up right as opposed to apparently the uk version is just a slasher film right which i'm cool with give gonna, it to me we may not review but we ha- we're gonna i think we're gonna binge it at some point oh yeah and all the other versions by the way the, that survivor guy that gave up his immunity idol was eric his name was eric oh, i had to okay. i had to look it up because i was gonna beat my beat myself in the head if i didn't he had glasses right uh, I think like he big, big hair. He big hair. Yes, he yeah. eventually had glasses. Um, yeah. So Trishel uh, also is talking to her confessional about how she thinks that Fa- you know everyone's on poverty now, but I'm starting to really think it's Phaedra. She mentions that she's noticed that because she's a poker player that Phaedra has like a twitch in her eye, which when she said it and they showed it, I was like, now I want to go and watch back old seasons of Atlanta. 
Yeah, but I don't even know if that's... Ne- I don't necessarily agree that that's a tell. I think that's just part of her being extra. Sure, it's not the most vital part of, like, yeah. Trisha, uh, of Trishel's notes, which she brings up her notes a lot this episode. She says it, like, 12 times. Like, when I went through my notes, <laughs> like, did they give them a notebook? Apparently. Oh, Apparently, really? Apparently, like, when you go back to your hotel room, like... The best idea is to write down literally everything sure, from the day. That's fair. Because then you can go back and study that and actually find hints and things in there. Yeah. But like but yeah. Like now I want to go back and watch like the where she's telling them her babies do at whatever date or whatever and see like was her eye twitching? <laughs> like Well, we know that's a lie. Sure. Shut up. That was so stupid. I love that I love that <laughs> moment so much. Um Alan uh, comes in and tells them that they're going to take a trip to his holiday home and that there is a guest that's, that's already settled in. I can't remember. Did they already realize, oh, shit, it's like the fucking house from, like, however many. from uh, Kate did. From last season. Kate knew. Well, yeah. Kate, Kate's already been through that fucking mess. So it's like. Well, this is worse than last season, we'll I think. We'll get to it. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> this is horrendous. Yeah. Um, so they disperse after breakfast. Trishel pulls Peter into the armory to talk to basically sort of sell the idea of Phaedra being the traitor and like that that's who we should go for. She, he's like, why is she a traitor? Peter's so unconvinced and like just focused. Um, he, he, it was worrying because I was like, oh, well, if I'm like advocating for Peter, it was worrying where like, okay, you got to listen to other people, dude. Like, I, re- I really gave Peter a lot of credit for, like, the shield move a couple episodes ago, which uh-huh. is still great. But it's like, okay, now you're kind of getting an ego slightly in terms of, like, you're not hearing things from other people. Yeah, it it was very much, I'm in charge, you sh- sit down and shut up. Yeah, kind of. Um, but Trishel makes a good point. Like, Phaedra has a lot of people in this house who are never going to vote for her to go home. Yeah. So if there's any time to get her out, we have to get her out now. Because if we lose numbers by that point, it's, it's yeah. done. Whatever you may think of Trishel, very fucking smart. And at whatever her intention was for targeting Phaedra, because <sighs> I've seen the assumption, at least she gave an explanation that made sense, right? As opposed to Peppermint, where it was like, I don't know. Like, you just give me this vibe. You, you sounded really upset. <laughs> when she clearly did. Girl. That really, I that's got to be addressed at the reunion. <laughs> it's got to be. Well... Oh, Andy. Yeah. Well, yeah. So Trishel basically is like, okay, but like you can like get poverty on your side, like convince her that like we don't think it's her, and so we can you know pull off this move. Um, Peter eventually is like she makes some valid points, so I'm going to try to do that. She he pulls poverty into the kitchen to try to get her to flip on Phaedra essentially, and poverty is trying. So poverty is trying to sell this whole thing throughout the episode where it's like, look, I trusted the wrong person. I put all my, you know belief behind dan because i was in a place where like larsa was coming at me like right from the jump so i needed an ally and dan was the closest so you know because she's really having to be like it wasn't because i knew he was a traitor guys you know what i mean like that is kind of like yeah it's it's a like people were making a a a fair point i saw a lot which was like dan kind of blew up both of their games to it yeah phaedrus isn't fully blown up but like he definitely almost blew up Phaedra's game, and I would argue probably blew up Parvati's. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely did. Yeah, so that's frustrating. <laughs> Goddamn men. I swear to God. <laughs> so, all the time they're having this conversation, MJ is listening in. MJ, I love that MJ's being, like, uh, 
as much as she's not being the most like vocal or sort of like on top of like, you know, what the plan is. I like her like narrative of like, I'm going to hear everything and listen to everything and sort of like, you know, be the carrier pigeon in that regard. Yeah. And the bone carrier, the issue is that she's trying to sneak around in heels and it's just girl. Well, there's that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're click clacking. She tells, she goes into a group to tell them that Peter and poverty are like talking, you know, seemingly strategy. And Kate goes, look, she's making the rounds. She's very persuasive. And she's also a yoga teacher. I took a Brickham yoga yoga class, the ones, you know, that are hot. It's awful, hideous. And that yoga teacher voice, they convince you to stay in hell. <laughs> like, Yeah, I can't imagine doing hot yoga. Number one, yoga seems, like yoga itself seems fine. But then like to try to do hot yoga where it's like steamy. Yeah. And like literally like 80 something degrees, 90 degrees in that room. Fuck that shit. No, absolutely not. I don't I don't do sweat. Like that's not that's one of my icks. Um so like if I start sweating, I immediately need to jump in a shower. I'm not doing yoga. This is not relaxing. This is triggering. No, Stop. No, thank you. Peter tells poverty, I think I may have been wrong on you. And poverty goes, I thought there wasn't a chance that you would like talk to me ever again. And then Peter basically says, We basically think it's Phaedra. And so would you be willing to vote with us? And poverty basically is like, look, I'll do whatever I can at this point. So she, she it's one of the, it's unfortunate where it's like, it's like, yeah, Phaedra, like it's you versus me. Like, I can't. Yeah. I mean, when they've honed in on both of you, there's only, you only have the one move to make. Yeah. And it's like, I, I remember when like the Dan stuff was happening, like poverty, I said it poverty took too long to like flip on Dan. And that was the other issue. Like here, it's like, yeah, you can't like hesitate. It's like, yeah, if that name is going around you at the very least, like maybe you can transfer it afterwards, but at the very least you have to be like, yeah, I'm going, I, I can, I'll be with you or whatever. Yeah. You know, you got to do what you got to do to stay in the game. Um, and then, so they head to the mission. Uh, Trishel is like really pushing Phaedra's name, like in the car with like Sandra and John. And so like, she's doing whatever, but again, like whatever you think about Trishel, I think is really doing the work to sort of like really put Phaedra's name out there. Um, they arrive at the cabin, uh, which everyone's like, oh, for fuck's sake. And then right out of the front, there's this bright white dog and Dr. Will Kirby, uh, for those that don't know, like one of the most popular, not, well, not, maybe not popular. Infamous? Infamous. Uh, one of the most, six, uh, yeah, I would say infamous, uh, Big Brother winners of all time. Really, he was the first one to, like, win Big Brother in the way that Big Brother is played now and sort of, like, you know, he he has a, you know, it was a big get, I would say, like, to have him there. So it's, like, also, like, did you see the thing of, like, uh, I it was either Rachel Riley or Janelle, I can't remember, like, was really going off on him because I guess, like, God, those, like, the Big Brother people talk shit. Like they, oh, yeah. Like, like, they really hold fucking grudges. Like, not even, not even to the same way that, like, Bravo people do, I feel. Like. Yeah. It's, I, it, it's weird. Like, you, you will see people, like, I, like, I still follow, um, like, Rockstar from, oh, uh, what yeah, season was that? 20. Like, 20. Um, on Twitter and, like, you will sometimes see people coming from her for her for shit from her season and it's like what are we doing yeah, yeah that yeah. was years ago <laughs> shut the fuck up it's crazy um so will invites them into the cabin but then locks them inside because oh god it's an escape room basically 
Um, there's but it's tw- an escape room of horrors. <laughs> yeah. It's $20,000 at stake, and basically everyone who doesn't escape or quits loses $1,000. And at any time, you can say um, the safe word, which is haggis, and you can then leave uh, the place, but it costs the pot $1,000. Um, but you still have to, and it's not like a set pot. They still have to find the the money, the gold right. or whatever, and then bring that out to like count towards the pot. And also amongst the gold in the, well, we'll get to the tunnels, but yeah, is a shield. A shield or two? Was there two in there? I think, I can't remember. The only one was grabbed. Trishel right. was the, Trishel gets a shield uh, at a certain point during this. So they knock over, it's like escape room. So they knock over the stuff on the table and there's a giant map. And basically they realize they have to go through these tunnels uh, to sort of like dig through like, and, and there's like rats and like disgusting like bugs and like all that stuff in it. And basically that's where they're going to get the gold essentially. And then they have to get their way out. However, the problem is they figure out a certain point that the lights in the cabin, you have to shut those lights off to light up the tunnels. And you have to do it by holding down these press plates that are right underneath the trap door. Which Kate, um, well, they don't realize it's a trap door. Kate's the one that's like, there's a trap door right above me because she's the one manning it. And, and she literally point, pawns it off on Kevin. Nope, I'm not doing this. I think you'll be really good at lights. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny. Kate is like, I staying on top of it, I feel. Like, so, but it's like, so you have to balance it. Like, you need time to read the map or whatever. But then that means the lights are off for the people in the tunnel. They have like walkie talkies to communicate and stuff like that. It was a fucking map. They were so pissed at a certain point with each other being like, the the way that they just were not communicating in terms of like when the lights come on and when they don't. Yeah, no, fuck you. Yeah, it's it, poverty. At one point, it's like I'm gonna fucking kill them. Like I'm like keep the fucking lights on. <laughs> um, but then like at certain points, Alan and Will are like dumping in bugs and like there's like it's, no, it's fucking weird. no. I would have noped out of that so fast. Yeah, well, MJ's the first one to be like, "I'm out of here." Fuck that. Anyone for the little I watched of Shaws of Sunset, like MJ was not going to fucking be like. Of course, she was the first one out. Well, what was funny is that the four people that noped out were are all the Bravo, all the Bravo people. people. So it was it was Phaedra, it was MJ, it was Kate, Kate and it was Sheree. And Sheree just oh my god. Peak of fucking comedy when Sheree quits and they're, they're like, I think there's a bug on you. He's like, ah, my bug! Ah! <laughs> like, and just like for like what felt like two minutes, just like running around, just trying to like literally me. <laughs> it's so absolutely bad. not. I no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Again, like this is the only reason Sheree is on this show. I think I said this last yeah. week for moments like this. Oh yeah, absolutely. She will be in the finals. Yeah. Um. The they're so like the it's counting down or whatever. They're trying to get out or whatever. I was so fucking annoyed because they they have to go out this like tunnel like thing or whatever. And at one tr- point, Trishel is like, "Wait, there's more gold. Like, someone go back and get the rest of the gold." When there's like thirty seconds left or whatever, it felt like. I feel like that was gimmicked it had to have been i would hope so but she's like go back and get the gold but it's like okay but if he doesn't get out then you lose a thousand dollars on top of not getting that gold right so ct goes back in and then at a certain point they say the time or whatever and trishel's like oh wait no come back come back out it's like you've told me to Ugh. she i would i i would be so annoyed this is this is also from the woman who said no i'm thinking like th- three you know three steps ahead 
bitch, you haven't even thought one step ahead. What do you mean? Right. It's crazy. Um, and then so CT uh, comes uh, back out and he goes, wait, I got a snake in my pants. And then he throws the gold bar out of his pants. It was in the confessional. Yeah. He goes, I had a snake in there too, but. <laughs> that's the CT humor for you. Um, like I mentioned, Trishel did get a shield, but when she got it, Peter is like, don't tell anybody basically that you have yeah. it. Because they're keeping up with this whole, like, you know, there's no point in telling anyone who the shield has a shield because, you know, right. it's better to err on the side of not. Um, they uh, they brought out $15,000, but they lost 4000 because of all the Bravo people that quit. Um, so they end up putting 11000 Honestly, that's a good day for mm-hmm. that fucking challenge. I mean, I, if I was everybody uh, that walked out of there, I would have said I wrote. I would write a check. Well, that's the thing. I it's, mean, Sheree's won't unless she doesn't pay people. Unless they end. Well, yeah. <laughs> but everybody else's checks will cat. It will clear. <laughs> yeah, unless you get a negative amount, and that takes away from the pot that you've already built up throughout the season, right? Like, unless that was the case, I would have been like, at a certain point, guys, this is a wash. Yeah. Like, let's just all fucking leave. Like, because they only gave them an hour. Right. And, no, like 30 minutes. It was short. Right. And, it, and unless I misremembered, I felt like last season at the final challenge, they were like, so all the money you didn't win, you can win now. And so it's like, at that Basically. point, at that point, I'd be like, fuck it. I'm saving it for the last challenge. Right. I'm a Kate Chastain this shit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but Alan tells them there was a shield that was won, but right. no one reveals who it is. Um, they get back to the castle. Peter tells Poverty that they have the votes on Phaedra and that she shouldn't be worried, essentially, so that they're good. So Poverty is still trying to, like, just, you know, really sink it in. She then pulls John to the side because, like, well, John's the most faithful of the faithfuls. If I can convince him, I could be in a good place. And she sits down with John on the couch and fully starts crying this was an oscar worthy performance she literally says later i think i can be an actress after this like she's really was really impressed with herself she's like i'm just like realizing like what i recognize when i feel under attack it's like i get like icy and i get like walled off the best part of this was john like mouth agape just like staring at her just being like what is happening (laughs) like uh okay i well he seemed very like that's the thing he seemed very sympathetic to her because he goes like this is my first time that I have seen you emotional. For what it's worth, of all the people I've met in this game, no one reveals or displays greater guts than you do. <laughs> like, and so like it's like oh, so like he she fully got John, but then spoiler alert did not get John, which was I thought the biggest fucking plot twist of the season so far. Wild. Um. Yeah. Oh my god. I got so worried too because so they're having all this discussion like. Everyone's like, you know, talking about how like the planet is now in place. We're going to take out, um, pa- or we're, sorry, we're going to take out Phaedra. Like, you know, it's on path. What is Phaedra doing the whole time? Just walking around castle, like in the kitchen or in the dining room, going, "Ooh, pork belly, that's yummy." Hmm. Wait, where is everybody? <laughs> and I, this is where I got so worried for Phaedra because I was like, "Oh, wait, maybe her mind isn't like in a gameplay like perspective where she realizes." that like she's fucked right now she has to do damage control like she says like in her confessional i don't think i'm getting any votes tonight so but you know expect the unexpected i guess but it's like no like everyone's against you right now and you gotta like wise up to that girl like Like, last episode you you mentioned the fact that you were walking into the hospital act like it yeah 
Exactly. Like you have to, I, I was so worried. So, uh, they're all talking, everyone else is talking and Kate's like, we're going to go for poverty. And Trishel tells them about like my notes, <laughs> like all these notes I have about Phaedra. Kate is confused as to why Trishel is suddenly throwing out Phaedra's name. Like when everything has been like positioned towards poverty, like it gives Kate some kind of like suspicion in that regard. And like, and when it, the way it plays on the round table is perfect. Yeah. Phaedra walks in just being like, it, it really was that meme of the, Hey, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> and it's just like, okay, this is like weird. Like what's happening. I would hope by this point, whether Phaedra admits it or not, she was like, no one's talking to me. That's weird. Yeah. That's weird. That's suspicious. That's suspicious. We go then to the round table. Um, and Alan introduces them and then let the discussion happen. Poverty starts and goes, okay, well, I think I need to start today. I know my name's been out there. People have been saying I'm acting weird and quiet. And you're right. You know, how I survive in situations when I feel like I'm under attack is I just become a brick wall. I made some poor decisions in who I decided to trust. I made friends with Dan. He was a traitor. I didn't know he was a traitor. So now I'm in this big predicament. I actually think as much as, like, it doesn't end well for poverty, I actually think the strategy was sound sound of, like, knowing that you have to sort of, like, play two heartstrings while presenting an alibi. Yeah, whether it worked or not, I think it's irrelevant. I think she was just, it was too late to make this speech. Yeah, unfortunately. But I think the speech was a good speech. And I think if it had been made last week, it may have kept her off the block this week. Possibly. Trishel then jumps in and goes, so I was going over my notes last night (laughs) again. And I was looking back and I said, when did we start talking about poverty? And I didn't have much on poverty. I had, you know, acting suspect. Super quiet. Those aren't really things that can, you know, immediately send in someone to be a traitor. But for you, Phaedra, I had so much. And, like, Phaedra's, like, you could tell in Phaedra's mind at this point, it, it didn't, like, when Dan did it, like, there was sort of, like, it felt like a couple minutes of just sort of shock. And here she was just, like, fuck this again and was much more, like, oh, yeah. ready. Trussell says that, you know, she'll start with the lowest. And she says, like, you know, at breakfast, it just doesn't seem like you're surprised about who's murdered. And uh, Trussell goes, you're not worried, bothered. You're not scared about being murdered at all. And Phaedra goes, I'm not sure what that means. I've been nervous numerous times. I don't know what you want me to do to be nervous. I'm not frantic like you. Yeah. She does such a good job. Like, like it's the, like, the this, the you do too much. I do too much because you do too little. Like, just those, like lines that like pinpoint onto somebody and so like it's just like becomes like a sticking point and like it, it's really well done yeah um F- trishel goes look i said i'll start with the lowest and phaedra goes okay so then go on to the next one <laughs> like just being like bring it on bitch trishel says that like brings up the point that like if dan were to throw anyone out when his back was against the wall like that it would be a traitor because all the stench would be off him very good point yeah john then jumps in and goes Phaedra, what possible incentive does Dan have at this point at which he knows he's going to be banished permanently from the castle to lie? And Phaedra goes, I would think that he would protect the traitors and would give, wouldn't give someone that was a traitor. Like, it's not the most, like, people were like, I don't know about that. But, like, I think, like, it's a point. But it, it makes sense for that to be the thought process of someone who's not been in this si- type of game before. Sure. So she's giving a thought process that doesn't out her as a traitor at all. Yeah. We'll get to it. Like, I feel like they, 
when you have people who have been in these types of games so often, they get into they they know the lines of what is like this will convince someone, but they don't know yeah. how to be convincing to where like someone who like like you're saying isn't the most experienced in terms of that doesn't know the tropes of that does a better job of like getting you, you like just saying what would you know come to mind naturally right well at the whole point of this type of reality show is a social experiment right that's yeah. where it all began and it's weird because now you get people that are so entrenched in that uh way of thinking like you were saying that it's no longer really a social experiment of society at large. It's sure. a social experiment of people that are entrenched. In, it's like an Ouroboros type thing where it's feeding off of itself. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Kate then goes, look, last year we voted out two traitors. I wish it had been that easy that we would have, you know, just banished and found the traitor of whoever the most recent banished traitor had voted for. So Kate, like, I also, I mean... Interesting that it's convenient, though. I mean, part. I mean, she knows Phaedra more than I would say some of these other people. But yeah. like, Kate's relationship and defending of Phaedra is like, I'll, I'll be interested to see how that plays in the next couple episodes. But like, it's it's been great to see here, like in the early yeah. goings. I mean, they they did release. Kate tweeted a video of her getting of her chat with Phaedra in the in the dungeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, today on Twitter, I didn't watch it, but I did see that, that it was there and I'm really interested. Like, we're going to go home and watch trainers. Like, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. But like, I really, really excited to see that, that meeting. <laughs> Fucking Kevin then jumps in and goes, Phaedra, I do have observations as well. When I talk to you about any suspicions of people, your eyes start to freak out a little bit. And Phaedra goes, I've never heard anybody say that. And Trisol goes, I know that too. I know that too. Kevin goes, just curious. Like, have you grown up with twitches and the way Phaedra is just like, this that's is- so like <laughs> this man, the, the- he's, he's still in fucking week one where they were like critiquing John about like whether he had asthma as a kid versus now versus like what I was like, dude, we're, we're on week eight. Yeah. Like let's, you know, move it along in that regard. Um, CT then goes, John, what are you thinking? Like wanting to get John's side. John then goes, I do have a thought. I feel it's just intuition. Poverty could well be. And then it's a long pause. And like poverty's like, I just had this like, you know, really convincing talk with John. Like I, you know, started to get him on my side and, get, and he has like empathy for me now. And so like, we're in a good place. Very he's, well could be a faithful, right? That, gonna, that's what he's about to say. He's going to defend me. And he goes, poverty could well be. A duchess of deception and a mistress of murder. And poverty's like wide mouth, like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) you asshole. (laughs) But it was amazing. It was such a good turn. He goes, I have heard what you've had to say in relation to Don, but there is no doubt that you were his accomplice and he yours and possibly his partner in crime. I've noticed you have been more worried about banishment, but seem serene about the threat of murder. And then he also talks about at the ritual last episode, the fire thing, that multiple people were pleading their cases and you weren't. When you, like, again, very fucking observant and, like, again, would not expect this fucking leader of the House of Commons to, like, be this, like, vocal and, like, sort of, like, you know. Yeah. Like, 
I did really like Parvati's response to that, though, which was like, well, I've been suspect. The traitors aren't going to target me. Right. Because I'm pulling cover for them. Like, of course I'm not in danger of getting murdered. I'm in danger of getting banished right now. Because they want to keep people with any other suspicions of being a traitor at the roundtables because that's, you know, you don't want to just murder them. Um, And so, yeah, it is a good answer to it. Uh, Peter then goes, I have one observation here. Phaedra, I do believe I haven't seen true faithful qualities from you in regards to the fear that naturally comes with being a faithful. And Phaedra goes, because you're the faithful king, right? Like, just being like, oh, you little shit. So good. Peter goes, I think Dan told us something whether he intended to or not. And then Kate is, like, going after Peter, being like, y'all were very passionate about voting out poverty yesterday. And Trishel goes, yeah, until I read my notes again. <laughs> like, like, didn't you hear Kate? It's my notes. It's my, like, I just, what's in the notes? What is in the notes? <laughs> what is in the dossier? <laughs> Kate's like, but so did like all those reasons just like evaporate then from poverty. Peter goes, I had a conversation with poverty that completely shifted my view. And I'm not saying it's a hundred percent, but the pendulum started coming back down. And then Phaedra jumps in and goes, because there's a backdoor deal going down. The other day when I was in the armory with Peter and Poverty, Peter made this interesting comment. Poverty, I can work with you. We can work together. And I said, let me dismiss myself from this because I don't want to be a part of this conversation. I was like, yes, Phaedra. I was jumping up and down so happy that Phaedra brought this up. So good. So good. Well, and the thing is, is that she knows, like, from her time as a lawyer, right? Right. You know full well that if you don't want to be implicated in something, you get out of the room when a conversation is happening. Right. I don't want to know what this conversation is because if I know about this conversation, then I'm part of this conversation. Right. And the way every, even like Trishel and Kevin, their faces are like, wait, what? Like sort of like shift. And like in that one moment to get like Peter, who was like kind of like running the show in many regards, like throughout these last couple of weeks, to like get people to be like turning against him, and to the point where later, fucking Kevin's like, I don't know if I can trust Peter anymore. Like, yeah, that is like th- having that moment be the one to break up like that alliance. Phaedra's good. It's good. Well, they're all here's a, yes, and also like who is d- being the most influential in this roundtable? Right. Right. Pa- er, Phaedra, Kate, and John. The three people that you would not think would are that, that don't have this like massive fucking like right. you know reputation to live off of in terms of competitive gameplay like this. They're the ones controlling it. That is why this season is so fucking good. Right, because it's not just about gameplay. It like gameplay is important, yeah, sure, whatever. But like at the end of the day, it's about emotional connection right it's about reading people and you can game play till the cows come home but if you don't have any idea how to read emotion on someone's face you're not going to be good at this babe yeah you're just not peter goes i'll be honest and kate goes please do because <laughs> kate's over peter too peter goes I was being a little cocky, and I was like, I got her dead in sights. And Poverty goes, and then I said, Peter, why would you want to work with me if you think I'm a traitor? And then Peter goes, and I said that I was just joking. And everyone was like, I don't buy that. I don't buy the jo- I'm just joking thing. No. Like, it, and I don't even know if he said that, actually. Like, I don't. He didn't, which, as like, far as I remember. So, like, why then lie? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't. Because like, there's only two people, and they already don't trust 
Harmony. I guess. Kate goes, but now suddenly you've changed your mind on poverty, like who you were so passionate about. And Peter goes, why are you defending Phaedra so much? Kate goes, because I think it's weird that you've been so poverty all this time. Peter goes, but I'm still not off poverty. And Kate goes, I'm not done speaking, Peter. Like, you get him together. But I love that he, like, tries to do the, like, that's weird that you're defending Phaedra a lot. But then Kate doesn't take the bait, right? She doesn't be like, well, I'm defending Phaedra because blah, blah, blah. She goes, no, let's get it back to the fact that you are suddenly off of poverty. And what the fuck is that about? Like, yeah. Kate's fucking good. Like, and I, and it's crazy that, like, I mean, she doesn't realize at this point that she's also defending a traitor to a certain extent, but it's like, I, I kind of doubt, I always thought that she wasn't as impressive in terms of the game. I thought, I found her hilarious and, like, witty and all that, and great television and all that stuff, but, like, maybe she actually is, like, yeah, smarter than we give her credit for. Yeah, I, I mean, she, she lives right at the intersection, right? Where you have the experience of being more on a dramatic reality show. Yeah. And then she also has the experience of having been in this castle at this round table before. So she knows both strategy and the dramaticness of it. Right. She knows both worlds. So she really sits at a crossroads that the other people in on this cast don't have the advantage of. And I think that really lends to her being very powerful in these discussions, which if she does decide to become a traitor could be very useful. I, I, I'm excited for next week. I, yeah, I'm already on next week. Kate goes, you switch it to Phaedra, and the whole big thing that your case relies on is Dan being this great, brilliant game player. He must have been giving you a clue on the way out. No, he just sucked at playing this game. That's why he's not here. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Like, and, and you can see the shock on some people's faces. Yeah. Like, to say Dan fuck, fucking sucks at this game, like... Knowing his reputation coming into this house, yeah. wow! But she's not fully wrong. No, she's it? not. No, but it's like, yeah, it's like a little. Again, like if they, if any one of these like Big Brother Survivor people have egos, they're taking hits. Yeah, and so like you know, because this is a different fucking game. Yeah. Period. Um. So they go through. They finish the discussion. They go through the votes. Um. I love that it. it well, it's poverty and Phaedra for the uh for the most part. But like I love that CT is the deciding vote of the what will put poverty over the threshold. Like I love Castle Daddy coming in to protect Phaedra. Like yeah, perfect. Um, poverty gets the most votes. Part Phaedra tears up, which I thought was like, if if it was put on, very fucking smart. Yeah, I mean, I I could I could see why it's not because you were so close, etc. But like, I. I thought that was so great to sort of like, cause she would, here's the thing. She is in a tough spot right now at this point because her name has been on the front of people's other than Peter. She's like the one that people are thinking of. Right. Yeah. And like, so she has to be careful about that. But I think like these appeals to emotion is what is going to help her in that regard. Well, it's what her strength has always been. Yeah. If you look back over her time on reality television, it's always been the appeal to motion. It's always been that. Yeah. Right. 
that has won her battles, that has, you know, helped. Like, she can read a bitch down, but that's not going to help at the round table. Right. At the end of the day, she needs to show humanity, and that's what she's doing. And if I'm her, I'm just going to basically be like, look, Dan fucking threw me under the bus. Poverty fucking threw me under the bus. They were both traitors. Right. Maybe it isn't the fact that Dan had a fucking notion. Like, maybe it is that, like, they keep wanting me fucking out. Yeah. Well, and I, I love that it comes after having cried last week at the the torch ceremony. Right. Right? Because she showed that little bit of humanity there when she got her torch lit by Sheree, mm-hmm. which was real. And then she can lend to that this, which may have been relief, like you said, but it may have also been a... God damn it, I'm tired of being suspect, like people suspecting me. Yeah. I'm an innocent, cute little woman. Why would you ever? <laughs> Just an innocent, cute little mortician. <laughs> don't forget, don't, don't remember that I was an attorney. That's not important. I'm just, <laughs> I just make people pretty. Yeah, exactly. Poverty is banished. She reveals herself to be a traitor. They all celebrate, et cetera. So like it's, yeah, I think I think Phaedra's in a good spot if she plays it correctly. Yeah, I think so, too. They're all discussing afterwards. Sandra's talking to Phaedra. She's like, she's like, Peter's fucked. He has, like, more traitor behavior than anyone. And Phaedra's like, like, if you're not a traitor, how could you be working with a traitor? Like, yeah. To make such the point to, like, form that alliance at that point, it's like, you know. Uh, Peter pulls Kate to the side to talk in the kitchen because he's like, I need to, like, I know Kate's, like, he, Kate hasn't fucked his game, but, like, Kate has, like, now, like, Turn the suspicions on to him, essentially. Yeah. Peter's like, look, I was trying to play with poverty a little bit. And Kate goes, yeah, you just lied to a table full of faithfuls about someone being not a traitor when you definitely knew they were a traitor. So it's like you had your suspicions that this person was a traitor. And then you move, tried to move us all off of it. And then that person was banished and showed to be a traitor. So yeah. that makes you look really fucking sus. Right. At one point, Kate in her confessional just goes like, I, I don't know about Peter. Like. I just don't like playing the game with him. He's just so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of accurate. As much as I gave as much as I gave him credit for things like in past episodes, like he is fucking annoying. <laughs> and she tells him, like, look, I'm not saying Phaedra's not a traitor. I'm just saying you were doing some shady shit. Yeah. And so like Yeah. Be you know, op- open to the fact that you look like a shady fucking asshole right now. Um, so then we go to the turret. It's only Phaedra. Phaedra's the last one standing in the turret. Alan joins uh, her. So it's like, okay, so are they going to do like a kill? Like, again, you have the option of like, now that the trader's gone, do you can, can kill or recruit. Here, they do a twist on it where he says that you will meet one, you will send an invite to someone, you will meet them in the castle dungeon, and then you must ask them one question join me or die. Wild. So it's a recruitment and murder all in one. Yeah. I think that's such a great way to do it. well, and also like lends to the you're gonna recruit like right. I, if you you really have to be in a certain fucked up headspace to be like yeah kill me so dumb so like I, I will never understand that yeah. I'm gonna stay in the game of course Faith, so he goes so who would you like to recruit and Phaedra goes Kate and I went yes I'm so I was jumping up and down when she said Kate. Well, and the thing is, is that she snarls it. 
Yeah. She, she. Oh, it's, she's like, I can fully act now. I can like. She's like, bitch, I'm getting that Emmy. <laughs> she goes, we have the same sort of kindred spirit. She can do and say the things that I can't. And she knows the game. We'll be a murdering duo. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was kind of reminiscent of um, rumors and nastiness. Yeah. Now, what do you think about the decision to recruit Kate? Do you think it's the smartest move? I think it's. I think it runs some risk in the sense that Kate has been defending Phaedra the last couple weeks. I do think that there is a slight risk there, but... I honestly, I don't care at this I point. Just, I'm it's so iconic. excited it's happening. We tweeted it on the Gay is MB thing. It's really just that Erica meme of just like, I'm going to give the gays everything they want. Yep. Yeah. Honestly. It's all right there. Uh, Kate gets invited to the dungeon. They do not have champagne. <laughs> She's like, Fergus, will you bring me champagne? Fergus? <laughs> Fergus, what the fuck? And then they lock her in the cage being like, what the fuck in this shithole? Like, She's like, there's a bucket here. And it's not for chilling champagne. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect. I'm so excited for these two. They're going to be so amazing. Like, I cannot wait to see what fucking hell they rock, like, unleash on these people. Yeah. Who else would she have picked, though? Um, I think, I mean, Sandra may have been good. Sandra, maybe. I I mean, you could say Trishel in the sense that it's like no one's going to, well, but then it's hard to like get Trishel in the same way of like the Peter thing. It's hard to get Trishel off of, you know, Phaedra, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I would say if not Kate, Sandra. Yeah. Make the most sense. But yeah, I'm just so I'm just, I'm so pumped for it. It's gonna be so amazing. Yeah, uh, that was the traders for this week. Uh, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Married to Medicine. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media, and, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination and equity and outright bigotry... We use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites. Fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at 
SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and MB. Let's head on over to Hilton Head, where the ladies are clearly in need of some golf training. And Alicia recommends that Toya get some home training on Married <laughs> to Medicine. Married to Medicine for this week. Um, like you mentioned, more of that trip to Hilton Head. This was a fascinating fucking episode. I will say, I, like, I think we kind of said in the previous episodes, not saying I approve of anything they're saying on this show, but Alicia and Kema, I mean, they could be given... I mean, what lab coats? <laughs> is that what it is? I guess. Sure. That's, they I don't guess. hold anything. Mm. Maybe yeah. a, steth- a stethoscope. <laughs> but they they already have because they're already doctors. Yeah. Or he is. is she. Yeah. She, she is, is also too. A doctor. Yeah. So like I yeah I I I like what they are contributing to the show and I kind of think like with people are worried about like the with quad being gone stuff like how this will like sort of like work in terms of like conflict mm-hmm. and stuff like that i think their dynamic is bringing at least like certain elements of conflict and we'll get to it later toya is willing to pick up that ball and run with it in terms of it because oh yeah toya toya while i agreed with was messy as fuck this episode when it came oh, yeah. to alicia well toya is really good at doing villainous things for the right reasons Sure. Like, she acts like a villain, but her point is solid. So it's like, you can't be mad at her. I mean, you can, but you can't really. <laughs> no. Because she's not wrong. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, they We start the episode with the ladies arriving at the golf club. Um, and they're... Uh, I didn't know the... Apparently, this is a thing you would know about. That they have like a drink cart that oh, like, yeah. goes to, from like hole to hole or whatever. That sounds dirty. <laughs> um, but they have it like they got Patron for Toya because we know Toya loves Patron. So I again, like I would do fucking golf if like yeah they do. They have like these little single serving bottles of champagne. They have like all sorts of shit out there. Literally a full travel bar on the back of a golf cart. Yeah. Um, and that is one thing that is pretty normal. Like, not all golf, uh, what are the golf courses? Yeah, golf courses. <laughs> it's called a course, right? Yeah. I, look, I played at, or I worked at a driving range. We didn't go out on the course. Yeah. Fuck that shit. That's true. But, uh, like, I knew people ha- the, who had worked in, on courses and they did this sort of stuff all the time. The tips are amazing. Yeah. Because people will just peel off a 20. Peel off a 50, peel off a hundred, and there's no tip sharing. You just shove that shit in your pocket. <laughs> you don't pay taxes on that. You just shove it in your pocket. And it's yours. And it's yours. Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, as this is happening, the men are arriving for their cookie cla- cooking class with uh, Chef Thomas and Maddie, who are, I guess it's like some healthy cooking like like it's all in like healthy food or whatever so they basically decide that they're gonna it's it's not a cooking class it's not a cooking class they are basically like it's chopped it's it i was like it turned into top chef at a certain point essentially, yeah. where it's like we're just gonna pit you against each other which is really like it's fine it's about a competition of them at the end of the day so it's, they were gonna make it a competition anyway so might as well just have that structure there already yeah it's uh eugene greg and curtis on one team and then cecil kema and damon on the other um oh my i loved in the uh 
confessional with Curtis and Jackie. Curtis like, look, there's there'll be trash talking, and Jackie goes, we have trash talking too. And Curtis goes, I mean, you have like profanity talking. You throw water at each other. Jackie goes, who has ever thrown water at each other? And I love that they flash back to the quad. And he's, Lisa Nicole, what about your lesbian relationship, bitch? But what's funny is neither of them hoes are on this show anymore. Sure. Like <laughs> Jackie ain't throwing water. No, Jackie's not throwing water. She's just cutting you with her words. Cutting you with her words. Um. Yeah. Oh, and throwing and, shade. Yeah. So they're all, and also they have to cook with Jack Daniels. So they have to like incorporate in some mm-hmm. way or whatever. They're all trying to strategize. Camera at one point goes, "This is chaotic. This is why the women do the cooking." Oh my god! Can you? Here's my problem that we get to later in the episode. I. I there are so, there are certain comments where I'm like, okay, yeah, you have a fucked up view on um, yes. relationships, but I also feel like I'm confused as to whether or not this is him playing it up for the guys. Like if he's like, oh, like like right, I, like he made like one comment maybe, and he's like, oh, isn't it funny that I think women should be in the kitchen? Let me make that joke like eight times an episode. Yeah, because like. Oh, yeah, bros, am I right? It's like... I would believe that if we didn't have him chastising um, Alicia in the confessionals of making it, make it a nicer comment. Yeah, make yeah, Make it yeah. a nicer... Make it lighter. Those moments... And what we get at the end of the episode with the sharing session, I was like, oh, God. But it's like when Alicia later is like, oh, he's he like jokes. Like, I'm like, okay, I can see that, right? But it's like, but he's not good at it, at the very least, if it's joking. And the joke is still coming from a place of a mentality that is not right good, even if it's not, like, the specific things he's citing are, like, things that he actually does, right? Because I could see him over-exaggerating that to a certain extent, but it's, like, it's still a joke about... At the end of the day, he's still a misogynist jerk. Like... yeah. As they, yeah, so they cut back to the golf course. Toya keeps Mr. Swing going, damn! And heavily going, how much does long cost to fix it? Like, they're all just talking shit to one another when none of, like, Sweet Tea is the only one that can really, like, sort of, like, hit a ball. What what was really funny to me was, since I did work in golf for, like, almost five years, was watching people swing where they're, they will literally take the swing back and then stand up and then swing back down as if the club is going to be in the same spot where it was when you pulled. Yeah, yeah. Girl, you moved your entire body. <laughs> what do you what do you mean it's going to be in the same spot? It's yeah. not. I can That's only, why you missed. But this is why I only do mini golf. Like I can't like I can't deal with I I was never good at math. I was never good at angles and Oh no, like, I'm not good at it. But you could but you could hit the ball is my thing. Theoretically, here's the thing. I'm very good at theoretical sports, but once I have to apply them, I'm bad at it. So basically... I know how to drive a car. I know the mechanics. I know what things to do and how to do it. The problem is, is I can't do it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Heavenly Confessor goes, I know how to do everything better than Toya. If I got on the tennis court, I could do it better than Toya. I'm just better than Toya at all things. That wasn't nice, was it? Whatever. <laughs> I, the amount of times Heavenly like stops her, I, it's my favorite. I, she does it all the time, and it laughs every, makes me laugh every time of her just being like, "Well, that was bad." Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ali- 
Yeah. Uh, Alicia tells Heavenly, all you have to do is pretend that it's Toya's head. And Heavenly tries to swing it again. And, oh! and then just like misses. Um, everyone's really fucking terrible at, at it. Jackie at one point in the confessional goes, I'm so busy out saving the world that I don't really have time to put a ball in a hole. I like balls because they keep me, a, keep me with a job, but not golf balls. I love that she said I like balls because of my job, not because I like to have sex with Curtis. <laughs> like... Yeah. I it, well, but do do straight people pay? Do straight women pay attention to the balls? I feel like the balls get neglected with straight people. Straight women, if you're listening. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, probably that's a fair enough point. Um, but I was going to say something. I, yeah, that's gross. <laughs> so gross, and I'm not getting that gross. Again, it is it be after dark? Yeah. <laughs> um. Back to the cooking. Cecil undercooked the brown rice because Kemma was like, you got to cook it more or cook it earlier or whatever. And he didn't listen to Kemma. Um, but so, like, that's kind of what's done. I thought cooking was for women, Kemma. Yeah. Well, oh, my God. Why when, do you know so much about it, when they're When they're tasting the food, like, and he's like, the squash, they're like, the squash is really good. Kemma gets so excited about how he cooks squash properly. And it's like, dude, like... I really want to check your masculinity if you think that that's like a flex. It's fucking squash. Yeah. Like, Cut it up, stick it in a pan uh, it, with some butter, some salt, a little bit of spices. But he thought it was like, he, th- he was like, he was going to, I can tell he was going to be rubbing that into Alicia's face all fucking day. Like, it was so bad. It's, yeah, he, I can't stand him. Heavenly goes, er, well, so Eugene ends up winning, uh, well, his team. Heavenly in the confessional with Damon goes, was Eugene on your team? And, have, and Damon goes, no. And he goes, y'all lost. You know, don't even think about it. Yeah, y'all lost. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they return back to the house at one point. They're all chatting and playing dominoes with each other. Eugene t- uh, asked Sweetie, so how did the, you know, the little baby comment hit you talking about like the Jackie stuff? Cecil goes, did you get an apology? And Toya goes, she said that the apology is for you. Like, it's <laughs> like you ain't getting an apology from Jackie. Sorry. I was so confused. Greg then goes, look, it's behind us. It's over. It's fine. The ladies are getting along. And Toya goes, Gregory, who told you that? And he goes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what is this trend now in the last like few? Uh, well, I would say more, most of the season. Greg is so like we just everything's fine like no one's fine like he's so invested in making sure every like there's no arguments like in, in particularly involving sweet tea and like not in and it doesn't come off in the sense of like this is my new wife these are my friends I would like them to integrate like that's what sweet tea feels I feel but like it come the the way that Greg is so defensive about it comes off to me as if like he doesn't want issue because he knows that if issue happens, then stuff can be weaponized and emer- you know what I mean? Like, you know, when you're getting in a fight on the, like, these reality shows, you use dirt as weapons, right? Right. And well, he doesn't want him used as a weapon, but he also doesn't want sweet tea bringing that anger and frustration back and pointing it at him. Right. Yeah, it's it's some it's just weird. Like his his energy whenever it happens is so weird. But it's like, dude, you signed up to be back on this show, knowing full well what this show is. Yeah. If you didn't want to be, you could have sat your happy ass at home. That's the thing. It's like you, you if you're gonna be in, you know, if you're gonna play football, 
get off. If you're not going to play football, get off the field. That was a metaphor. We got there. <laughs> Sports ball. Um, they all head out to the yacht that uh, Simone uh, got them. She goes, I'm going to be on my best behavior, which is different for me typically when I'm on a boat. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, she fights on boats a lot. Like, she does fight on boats a lot. Well, but boats are not great on Bravo, period. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, except for below deck, I guess. But there's a lot of fights there, too. So, yeah. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like housewives have traditionally not had good experiences on boats. Sure. Like we, we had the, 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 the scary boat ride on oh, the Cartagena. Yeah. Uh, we had the, this recent thing on Miami with the, with the fucking Island of the dead babies. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. We don't do boats. No. Let's stop doing boats. Um, as they're riding over to the yacht, Phaedra brings up how like, Kemma had mentioned that they don't do oral sex or whatever, and that, that was weird. Heavenly and Damon, when the confessional, and Heavenly goes, if we didn't have oral sex, that would be a problem for us. That's a big part of whoopee for us. And Damon goes, we don't need to talk about that. And, he, and Heavenly goes, okay, I'm sorry, Daddy. <laughs> okay, sorry, Daddy. The way Damon, how many seasons out Damon's just like, say less. Please, for <laughs> sake, say less. Um, they arrive on the yacht. Um, uh, and they're all, it's a great yacht, by the way. Like, it's actually like, you know, I was jealous. Um, they all just sort of hanging out. Um, they make a comment because Sweet Tea has like shots or whatever. And she's like doing shots. Alicia turns to Jackie and goes, you seem legitimately concerned. And Jackie goes, oh, I'm not concerned. Silence is golden. I know when to shut my mouth. You could not have paid me to respond last night. And which like, like, I, here's the thing. Jackie is just like, whatever about like the stuff outside of the show and like all that stuff, like Jackie, like I, I appreciate her sort of motherly energy. I think more, some people find it very like, I don't know. People turn about it, like take it the wrong way or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I just like, I feel like she's one of the few that can do it. And I'm like, you know, you deserve it. Yeah. I don't know. hmm, hmm. Sometimes it comes off as. I'm just not getting involved in this bullshit and this petty bullshit. Sure. And sometimes it comes off as y'all are children. Well, and I'm going to sit over here with the grown folks. Speaking of that, she says her confessional. I do feel I owe sweet tea an apology for not getting up and slapping her in her mouth. Like her mother should have done. Jesus fucking Christ. And then she goes, I did call her baby girl. And maybe that was offensive because she is married to an older man and it could have been taken the wrong way. Jeez. Jackie again, but I will say, undercover shade assassin is Jackie. Oh and yeah, like I do agree that like some people think that she is purely sweet, and like no, yeah, no, 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 she has daggers. Yeah, Toya. Oh my God, Toya like riling Sweet Tea up because they're talking about the Jackie issue, and Toya just goes, "But like, why do you feel the need to apologize anyways? Like, because you did not. I mean, didn't you not feel that it was provoked?" And Sweet Tea goes, "I mean, yeah, she did say like get it out, which she did like." And Toya makes the point, like, if you're saying, get it out, baby girl, like, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say, fuck you, bitch. Like, uh, mm, mm, Toya was being mm. messy as fuck, though, because, and like, trying, because she literally goes, that's a good, it's a good time to talk to her, though. Like, this is your moment, sweet tea. Like, sending her over to Jackie. It's like, oh, fuck off, Toya. That is like when your wife tells you, you know what? You go ahead. Do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah. You absolutely do not do what you want to do. Yeah. When she says, Get it out, baby girl. Uh-uh. You mm-mm, button that shit up. Go there's to bed. A, there's an end part to that sentence, which what, which is, and see what happens. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Sweet Tea then goes up to Jackie and, and she confides in her. Sweet Tea tears up and it's like, I just felt hurt, like, you know, in this situation because I normally am not like that. And Jackie's like, don't cry now. Jackie tells her, look, you came into this friend group at a very vulnerable time and you're exactly right. We made fun of a time that we probably shouldn't have and it wasn't fair to you. We were being mean kindergarten kids. You know, I don't want to hurt any. I, I want. I don't want you to hurt anymore. I'm willing to let it go. And it's. I it, love how it sounded like an apology, right? But it was not an apology. Well, it's like it was. It is an. She's apologizing for the comments at the bachelorette party. No, 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 no. she was accepting that she was wrong. She was not apologizing. Sure, that's true. Well, and then she also says, "I release you. Hopefully, you can release me from all the craziness. So be free." <laughs> Just something about like I release you from like it's it's because so I know funny you, how you could be apologetic and still be shady. Well, I don't. I, it's wild. Well, because it's, it's so also well done. there's an undertone of it of like I know you want my approval, right? Right. Like, so I release you from feeling upset that you haven't gotten it, right? Uh huh. It's crazy. Sweet tea in her confessional goes. Jackie's an old church lady in wolf's clothing. I know deep down under all that fur, there's a good person. I, it sounded like a, I was like, wait. I I thought the first sentence was like a read, and then it became like, oh no, but it, I mean, she's like a good person. No, no, no. Like the thing is, is that I don't think in, she knows what that metaphor means. No. Well, she's saying it's the other way around, right? A wolf in sheep's clothing is a wolf trying to act like they're a sheep, but she's uh, saying that this is a sweet old church lady. Who's trying to act like she's all bad and bad about it, like a wolf. Mm. But she's not. She's just a sweet old church lady. Sure. That's what she was saying. And, like, if you grew up in the vicinity of southern, especially black churches, there's a reverence for for the old church lady with the big Easter hats and, you know out there dancing in the aisles that's it there's a reverence for that and i i think that's what she was saying was like she's really someone that i should look up to and respect as opposed to someone that i need to be getting into fights with yeah that's what she was saying it came out a little shady i was gonna say um toya uh, so they're all getting ready for dinner and toya makes a joke like we're gonna make a plate for all the men or whatever like play Playing into the whole, like, sort of, mm-hmm. like, we're going to be better wives. Like, like they have been. Yeah, like, Kevin's teaching us or whatever. Alicia goes, I'm here to serve you. Let me put your napkin down. Like, be, like... And she's, like, playing it up. They're laughing or whatever. Kemma goes, hey, Eugene, well-trained. Jackie's like, what the fuck did he say? <laughs> and Jackie goes, women are not trained. Dogs are trained. Like, and Kemma thinks it's so fucking funny. It's, it's not. Mm. It's not. And here's the thing, again, though, it's like, well, we get to it where it's like, it starts as like, is this a joke? As much as it's a crass joke and a bad joke, yeah. is this a joke? And then we find out, I don't think it's a joke. Like, No, it's not. Curtis goes, I heard I was getting a plate. And Jackie goes, a plate of what? <laughs> like, you think I'm getting you a fucking plate? <laughs> Jackie said, if you don't get your ass up and get your own food. <laughs> yeah. Alicia kisses Kemma when she brings him her, uh, his food. Eugene going, I didn't get a kiss. Uh, and then the, the, it leads to this thing where Toya and Eugene start communicating through this, like, boat hand or whatever. Of being like, well, tell Toya. Because <laughs> they're on, like, different sides of the yeah. boat. Tell Toya. Uh, she docked points because I didn't get a kiss or whatever. And then Toya goes, tell him I'm going to kiss him in private. In his private. And it's like. This poor boat captain who was a good sport, like having this 
<laughs> say this embarrassing as bullshit. Um, but he was living. It seemed like because he, he went. Um, so she said she will give you a kiss later in private. Dot dot dot. In your private. Yeah, so he, he was he was living for it. So I don't I don't feel bad for him at all. Heavenly goes in her confessional. We're about to eat. I don't want to think about no small body part. Mm-mm. I don't think anybody would want to hear about Eugene's little thing. Is that mean? <laughs> Again, it's like, yes, it's mean, Heavenly. Also, you haven't seen it. Well, she's going off of what Toya said last season. When remember she said like, she clarified. She clarified about that at the reunion because it came up at the reunion. Sure. Like, but still, I that I was like, oh, Toya. When it happened, I was like, Toya, you shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Phaedra tells them because uh, they're joking about like him, her kissing Eugene's penis. She goes, "You need to tell him, you know, our culture do- don't agree with that no more because of what Kema said." Toya then goes, "Look, I'm learning so much from Alicia. My mouth has to be staying sacred and clean. This is where it starts, like making. Di- I didn't. I felt bad for Alicia with how much Toya was not letting up on her and like making." jokes at her expense that felt like very pointed yes but also at a certain point because they've already tried the the gentle of really this doesn't seem okay are you sure you're okay with this and she's like yeah yeah i'm okay with it great since you're okay with it we'll drag your ass too because this is some fucked up shit well yeah well and she starts joking with she starts joking with toya she goes well i'm satisfied with his penis and toya goes well that's all you're getting that's all you can do jackie looks at toya like if you don't shut the fuck up right now (laughs) that is so rude (laughs) (laughs) also again does jackie know what show she's on yeah like it's not this is not just respectable women hanging out and and having fun at galas right toya goes did you know what you were doing and this is where i think alicia starts to be like you're trying me bitch and i'm gonna if you're gonna try me more i'm gonna fucking like yeah she goes toya toya and toya goes because he would be bugging you for more though that was mean yeah, because it's like, okay, no, he he said he doesn't want it, not that he doesn't like it. Right. It it was more of a, we don't do that in our culture, not you're not good at it, let's not do that. Yeah. Toya goes, mine's over there excited. And Alicia goes, he thinks I'm such a queen, he doesn't want me down that low. And Toya goes, that's what you believe? And that, that irritated me. Right, but it, I think it's also a case of like, I, again, I don't believe he actually vocalized that and said that, right? I don't think that's what he believes. I think that's in a moment where, like, she knows that Toya is, like, being a kind of a dick to her. Like, to, like, try to, like, sort of, like, get a jab in. Sure, but there's always been, like, this connotation, like, this joke that people that give oral sex, like, that we, we have, like, the the whole... You're a fucking cocksucker as an insult, right? Like, that's a thing. And, like, there's this idea that if you do that, then you're subservient, you're lesser, you're... It's it's gross. It's a really awful stereotype that is really only there to shame women and queer people. So it's like... it's And it's honestly the reason that more straight men don't orally pleasure their wives. Like, yeah... It's fucked up. 
it's really, really, really fucked up. Yeah, I get that. Uh, they they were like, well, Heavenly would be down for whatever. And Heavenly goes, I mean, if I can figure out how to put it in my ear, he, I'd do it. It's like, oh, my oh God. God, Heavenly. Da- again, da- I feel so bad for Damon at this point. Oh, uh, poor. Mm. I feel so bad for Alora. Like, having, like, this is beyond. Mm-mm. Uh, God, it's crazy. Uh, Phaedra, uh, is like, just get a rose, which I guess is like a vibrator. Oh, no. Have you not seen those? They're, they're literally, they're a toy that literally looks like a rosebud, like the whole top of a, of a rose. But there's like a, a little hole right in the middle of the, of the flower part. And it like sucks on the clit. Gotcha. Phaedra goes, it's better than any man. And Toya goes, well, I bet she has one. And Toya, and Alicia goes, no, I don't have any sex toys. And Toya goes, he said no toys. And she goes, Toya. Toya goes, is Kema allowing her to use toys? And she's like, what do you mean by, like, allowing? And Toya goes, because he said he trained her up, goddammit. Like, it's a good question, It's though. a fair question, but it's like, this is also where it's like. Sure, it's shady, but it's a fair question. It's like, you're going to act like you're subservient to him. Like, he's in control of this relationship. So, yeah. I'm going to ask questions about whether he allows something that should be a no-brainer. Yeah. That if a woman wants a fucking sex toy, married or not, she should be able to get a fucking sex toy. Yeah. Well, also, but it's also like they're not having, it's not like they're not having sex. They're having penetrative sex. It's right, just like, but a lot of women can't get off to penetrative sex. Sure. Like, that's like, like yeah, there's a G-spot that's in there, but like, there's no clitoral stimulation through through penetrative sex so it's like yeah i get why you would need something else especially if you're not doing oral beforehand yeah it's ridiculous tori goes i got a question why are you okay with him saying trains you up and alicia goes because i know he's joking and tori goes you think i don't think he's joking bitch well we find out that he's not alicia says her confessional I'm a dentist, I'm a realtor, I'm a good wife, and I'm a good mom. I am, in fact, well-trained. Okay, that's a way to spin it, but I just think, like... The connotation there, again, like Jackie said, training's for dogs, yeah. not for people. Toya says, but when he says it, like, five or seven times, and Alicia goes, you see how I'm unfazed? Because he's joking. Like, but then, the problem is... Is it that you know he's joking, or is it the Stockholm Syndrome? Uh, well, sure. But, like, then... We then cut to Kema, who then basically contradicts everything that she just said about him joking. Yeah. Because he goes, when I say train, I don't mean it like derogatory, but like subtle suggestions. And then eventually they understand what you want. But you got to do it from day one and you have to be consistent. The same shit every time. Where's my food? Where's my food? And eventually when I walk through the door, she says, baby, your food's coming. And Cecil goes, it's like a Pavlovian thing. Like, yeah, it's like he's, you you hit the nail on the head there, Cecil. He's describing it as if you're training a dog. It's literally abusive conditioning. Yeah. That's, he literally, like, when he said the part of, like, it gets to the, it gets enough to where she, as soon as I walk in the door, she immediately says your food is coming. That's. That's not okay. It's not fucking okay. That's actually skeevy as fuck. Like. Yeah. Toya says, how did he get you well-trained? And Alicia goes, it's our relationship. It's our marriage. It's about having respect for one another. And Toya goes, and that got you well-trained? Alicia, okay, it's a, 
I appreciate it in the sense that like Alicia's just had enough. Like she's just it's just like one after another after she Toya doesn't know when to stop. Yeah. And then Alicia just gives up and goes, You know what? You should train your, your ass. <laughs> you can't control her. Yeah. Like which it's like like I get I kind of feel like Toya is trying because they've tried the nice route to get her to realize that it's fucked up. Right. I feel like Toya's needling her to piss her off to the point that she realizes that it's fucked up because they tried the other way. Right. I feel like that's her point. She's trying to make a point here. I think she's probably going too hard, but I get what she's trying to do. Yeah. Simone takes offense and goes, well, Simone takes offense, but heavenly thinks it's funny. She's going, Hey, <laughs> that she fucking told Toya she needs to be trained. Um, someone goes, a man should be able to control his wife. And Alicia goes, a man should be able to temper his wife. If Eugene had a look oh, or said something, Toya should receive it. Here's my thing. I think... Mm, I was like, I slightly agree if it's mutual. Right. Because Because that's mutual respect, right? That's a thing of like... You know that you're trying. You are representative of the other person, right? And so, if you're not acting within your best self, like to me, it's not even that it's representative of the other person. To me, it is. I am saying that not because, like, if if I were to, for example, hear you say something from across the room and give you a look, like in the middle of a party or something, right? It would not be because you're reflecting on me. It would be because, babe, that doesn't represent you well. Sure, exactly. Because I care about how you look. Right. Because I want to make sure that you are presenting your best self. Not because it reflects on me, because it has fuck all to do with me. No, you're right on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the difference. And I know that if you were to give me that sort of look from across the room, I would very well likely check myself. Yeah. But the difference is... Is that we are doing it out of respect of the other person. There has to be whereas, a respect there. Whereas, number one, I don't believe there's any respect here going from Kema to Alicia. Yeah. And number two, Kema is doing it exactly what you were saying because it reflects back on him. It's all selfish. Yeah. It has nothing to do with wanting Alicia to be her best self. It has to do with... It reflecting on him about how well he has trained Alicia. Yeah, I agree. Eugene and Toy in the confessional, Eugene's like, I don't want to control my wife because you can't control another human being. And that is where I'm, yes, 1000%. You can't control, the, the thing to control someone is like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nasty. Inherently it's nasty. messed up. Alicia at the table goes, so she needs to get, like, one of those collars on her ass and, like, shock her. And, like, she finds it so funny. She does it for way too long, the, like, shocking motion and starts laughing about it. Toya goes, we do have that remote, but it's the one that goes in our panties. And Alicia goes, if that works, that's fine. Like, here's the thing. I think Toya, I think Alicia's wrong on the argument. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I don't, much of the, the, the actual merits of the stuff don't agree with. But I appreciated Alicia being like, Toya, if you keep fucking pushing my motherfucking buttons, I am yeah. going to, like, you know, not be nice to you, sweetheart. Well, and, and like I said earlier, I think that's Toya's point. She's trying to push her over the edge. Sure. She's trying to get her to lose it. Because once you start losing it and losing that composure, then you're going to say more what you really think. Right. 
and then she will hear herself say something about how fucked up it is. It'll slip. And she will realize. Yeah, that's true. I think that's what Toy is trying to do. Maybe I'm just giving her more credit than it's worth, but I I feel like that's what she's trying to do. Yeah. They end up docking, and uh, they're getting ready at the house for their slumber party, which is, like, the big moment of the trip where they all actually have, like, this sort of, like, relationship therapy stuff that they always do. And which I – again, other than the Heavenly one that was really bad, um, I really oh, like – That was atrocious. This is what I like about this show, though, typically – um, they all, they're in these, like, they have these, like, little, like, teepee tents or whatever that are set up, but they're really fucking small. Jackie goes, sweeties should be, feel right at home because this is set up for the youth. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we're in middle school. I was like. I don't even think that middle schoolers could fit it. Those are, like, pup tents. No. Those are for puppies. They were really just for show at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so, they took up a lot of room for just for show. Yeah. Uh, Simone has them basically write down what a major issue is for them in their marriage, and then she'll pick them at random and read them. Um, the one that Curtis wrote was about social media, and Toya goes, "Jackie's a social media whore," <laughs> which is kind of, which I was like, when Jackie was saying that like this is a big thing for her, I was like, I don't know Jackie would be someone on social media, but she describes it like you like by the time that I get home, I want to wind down and see what's going on in the world. Curtis is always like, "Put that down. If you put that down, then we'd have more time together." Well, see, I misunderstood it. I thought Jackie was saying that because it was Jackie that wrote it down, right? No, it was Curtis. Okay, so I was I was thinking that Curtis wrote it down because of people like doing what they were talking about with Cecil sliding in DMs and oh, that sort yeah, of yeah. stuff. I thought that's what he was talking about, and then it was like, oh, this isn't your issue this is your issue with jackie yeah oh okay i understand the assignment now got it yeah curtis goes why do i have to ask to give you know to give some of your time Toya cuts him and goes not with a doctor like it's different when you're a doctor like you need yeah. that time sometimes he she's like eugene comes home sometimes and just like doesn't want to be bothered and eugene goes look and to clarify goes like because i'm with people all day long like but I will say there has never been a time where if she wants my time, I refuse. Right. Like, you know, like, but she is also conscious of the fact that I'm not, you know, always in that mode coming home. Right. He, and Eugene then goes, if she says, I want you to take my weave out, I'll take her weave out. They, they pl- played shady music over this. And, the, and the, the, they cut to their confessionals being like, I wouldn't do that. I thought it was sweet when they did it. I look. I maintain that I think Eugene is one of the best husbands on Bravo. Yeah. Eugene, uh, Russell um, from Miami. Um, yeah, yeah. Really, those I are like, the two that are at the top. Also, like maybe like Rob from uh, Beverly Hills. Yeah, Rob from Beverly Hills is great. Uh, you know, there's a couple that are just like really shining examples of what a husband should be. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's plenty of gutter trash examples of what not to do. Sure. But, like, those three are the uh, top of the pile of the best of the best on Bravo. Yeah. Um, They get to Alicia's question or Alicia's topic, and it's about working together to build their empire. She details, like, look, I'm into real estate. Like, I told Kema that we should have, like, several multi-units under our belt already. He wanted to invest otherwise. Stocks, crypto, and I'm like, oh, my God. As soon as she said crypto, I was like, that checks with Kema. Uh-huh. Uh, she goes, he put a lot of money into the stock market. And Kema goes, so what's your point? 
when he said that, I was like, fuck you. I don't like him anymore. Like, I don't like how he talks to her uh-uh. like, in terms of this stuff. Alicia basically wanted to cash out at a certain point, but he thought that she didn't have the expertise in terms of that. So she, he didn't listen to her. And basically they lost a lot of money in crypto. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I would be fucking annoyed. But, so, so then have you changed your your thought process and you now listen to her more no. oh no you haven't great yeah he literally okay. says uh, to the group i'm the financial person well your record's not great whatever she he then says alicia is a spendthrift which apparently is a thing where it's like people spend too much money that, like spend all their savings i didn't know that was a term she goes she will spend it as it comes out the door and she does not have an account where $150,000 went account of where $150,000 went in months she can't tell me so i have to control the money if i don't we're going to be in the poor house i don't believe simone even says there confessional like i don't see alicia being the person that like doesn't have responsibility in terms of money but like, even then like if you've got $150,000 sitting around to the point where it can disappear and it's only an argument. You're not going to be in the poorhouse. Like, you're fine. Yeah, I didn't understand it. Like, that's more than we make in multiple years. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, I will take $150,000 if you just got it laying around. Right. I got space. I can move over. Alicia, but... Uh, I, this is where I was like, oh, I, I, I'm starting to worry about that. This was the moment I'm starting to worry about the relationship because Alicia then tells the group, like, look, I believe we, that we should work off of each other's strengths, and that's Kemma's strong suit. Like, she relents. Like, when she had just said, like, I. But it's not his strong was, suit because he fucked up. Like, it was, it was, it did feel like she was recoiling in a way that I did yeah. not like. And then in the confession. Because she got her hand slapped. Right. In the confessional, Kemma goes, I think until she has to be solely responsible for all the finances by herself, she's just not going to change. Alicia goes, you know, that's a tough thing to dissect because, and then Kemma under his breath goes, God damn it, just give a lighthearted answer. That was like, it, that was troubling on a couple le- levels of like the one just like in the way you're talking to another person, right? It was also troubling in the sense of like, sweetie, we're in the confessional, like you need to like say the lighthearted thing. And not, like, your feelings? But also, you just read her to filth sitting next to her. Yeah. Also, this idea of she's never going to change until she has to manage it all by herself. But also, I'm going to manage it all, and she's not going to touch a dime. Right. It's like... I... that Like... I was like, oh, like funny, like most of the time with Alicia and Kemmer's relationship. And now I'm like, no, there's like a problem. But but also like, clearly you're not that good at training then. Right, exactly. Oh, you want to talk about you trained her? Well, train her to deal with money then. If you want to be that big man that's over there training your wife, train her then. Yeah. Teach her how to deal with money clearly you said she didn't know how so teach her right let her run the house let her let her run all the money do all of that how else is she gonna learn show us how good of a of a trainer you are yeah oh you're not 
Then shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, they talk about how often they have sex in that discussion. Sorry, this band up. pissed me off. No, I get it. He's, <laughs> he's frustrating. Um, Jackie uh, says that she's just tired all the time. Tori goes, do you have the O shot, Jackie? She goes, I do. O-P-Q-R-S-A-N-T. And I'm so tired. <laughs> I get it. Like, you know, I, good on them for getting it in as much as they can. Um, Eugene talks about how it's better now. Like their sex life is better now because of the communication and also him losing weight because like it's been, it was like stress, like yeah. taxing to have sex. Uh-huh. Toya in the confessional goes, the only problem I have is that it's planned. And Eugene goes, are you saying that you're okay with me waking you up for sex? And Toya goes, as long as I can go back to sleep afterwards. And Eugene goes, no problem, but you better wake up. And she goes, well, you better put me out. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. I love their banter so much. It's so, it's so fun. Um, Simone asks, Cecil, are we having enough sex? And Heavenly goes, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I was like, Heavenly, shut the fuck up. But Simone laughs. <laughs> And Cecil goes, what did you say, Jackie? Because she, like, does not want to talk about it. <laughs> um, it, was, it was funny enough. Um, and, like, Fa- Simone reads Phaedra's one about, like, her biggest problem is that she's single and loving it. And that cracks him on the fuck up. Um, I did. I will say I liked Phaedra even though she wasn't, like, prominent in, like, this trip in terms yeah. of, like, it's hard when it's a couple's trip and, like, you're not, like, yeah. in a relationship. Like, Well, I mean, we've seen that the last couple seasons right like with when quad was there and no greg right so like we saw that awkwardness before um so it's nothing new to this show but i didn't feel like it felt awkward with phaedra no phaedra was fine fading in the back a little bit and letting the other you know letting the couples really kind of drive the 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 show you know um i really do think I don't know. I think Phaedra, maybe she will move back to Atlanta. Yeah, I think it might be a slightly better fit for her only because, like, I think yeah. I think she has good chemistry with this cast, but I just don't know about, like, the structure of the show because it is a lot about relationships. And so, like, that's being such a focal point. Like, you kind of have to be in one. And, and I, I want a blended Atlanta girls trip. Right. Like, there needs to be some c- crossover connection. I, like, it's... It, they've... It, we've seen like a scene where it's like they're at a party, but it's like I really would love to see like sort of yeah, like, like we've seen you know oh someone went to Doctor Jackie you know for prenatal care or you know whatever. Um, but it's like we need more. I, I need a girls trip that is like Simone and Toya and Heavenly and Phaedra and Kenya and Portia. And Sheree on a girl's trip. That would be fucking fabulous. Let's do it. Book that shit. Yeah. Girl's trip six or whatever. (laughs) It would be great. But yeah, that was Married to Medicine this week. Light episode that didn't have too much, but it's still like a really fun cast of people to where like, again, I think that is what really anchors the show. So still really great stuff for Married to Medicine. All right. Let's get into these tops and bottoms. We've got uh, Drag Race. We've got Traders. We've got Married to Medicine. What are you thinking, babe? Um, I'll start with my bottom. I'm going to have to give it to Kema over on yeah. Medicine Medicine. Just because this was the first time I was like, wow, dude. Um, it's 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 not looking great. Um, yeah, it's just really like crazy stuff that we're hearing somebody say in the year of our Lord, 2024. I could rant on this man for uh, an hour-long podcast. I really could, and I'm trying not to. Yeah, and for the most part, if you like, for those who have listened to like past episodes, like, 
I've been like, okay, if it works for them, whatever. Like, you know, I'm not going to judge anybody as long as they don't judge others. Here, I'm like, no, I don't think it works. And I think Alicia's kind of getting minimized and sort of like sort of Mm -hmm. brought down because of it. And I actually really like Alicia. So it's like that's frustrating to me. Um, Yeah. So that definitely came up for my bottom this week. My top for this week is going to be over on Traders. And I'm going to give it to John, who I thought... I, I really thought it was just going to be filler this season. And I think, like, has really been impressive in the few moments that we... Like, he's not the most, like, story driver of the season. But, like, in the moments at the roundtables where he speaks up, he's great. And, like, I could not see the season without him. I think he's very vital to it. And, like, yeah, just really... Uh, and a a smart casting decision all around to get him on. Because it's definitely the one that nobody thought... To think of and like he's fantastic really really great stuff um what about you babe what are your tops and bottoms um you know like i like i just said i could rant forever on kema so i'm not going to i'm going to instead just let it lie uh let him show his own ass on television and i'll just sit here and uh enjoy myself <laughs> talking about how peter really shit the bed this week yeah uh, i think he overplayed his hand um, and I think it's going to be getting him into hot water next week. Um, and really, that's really all that I have to say about that. Like, it's just, it's, he went too far. Yeah. He flew a little bit too close to the sun. Now his wax wings are melting. Um, and we shall see the fall from power, I think, in this next episode. Um, but Yeah. Um, I, my top, I really wanted to give it to Kate Chastain, but I'm going to save it because I think she's going to get even better if she accepts this traitor invitation. Um, so I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it and we will talk about her being a traitor in the future. Um, instead I'm going to give my top to plasma. Yeah. Um, because I really think that she, um, really number one showed out. And how fucking amazing she is at what she does Mm -hmm. in a way that really hasn't been done before on Drag Race. We've never really seen someone shine that bright um, in an episode really just say fuck you to everyone else. Even when everyone else was doing amazing, she was still dominating this episode. Yeah. but number two, because she broke the the theater girl curse, right? We, we've had that before, and they've always failed at this challenge. And Plasma is here to, like, kick ass in the musical, uh, which doesn't really happen for the theater, uh, theater girlies. Uh, so I, I'm really happy to see her succeed. And, um, you know, she's from texas so i have to kind of root for her a little bit um but yeah i i am really loving me some plasma hey thanks for tuning into this episode of a gay and his envy join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening and check us out on our social media at a gay and his envy on all the platforms a special shout out to shane ivers who wrote pulsar the song we use for our theme i'm amen i'm merlin and, and we're, we're out, out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.